Tell tell your freaking posse over there to silence themselves. It's too late. This is the it's too late. I got no soul, and I'm proud of that. Stop. Yeah. Podcast, but the humor is mine. I don't know what that means. Uh, don't make me face bomb you. God, God damn it. No. What is going on? God damn My it. My wife That's is fa- out of her mind. I've seen it. You need to find a safe she space, Devin. She just wants to shove hay needs- in the Iowa girls' mouths because they don't want to shove him in their mouth. <laughs> wow. She really had to think about that. She, she it took 12 minutes. <laughs> 12 minutes for her to come back. Ow! God. That's the reason they're nymphos is because they got fucking... Yeah. The hay. <laughs> the dream of hay. Uh, that's what that... That's it. Um, broadcasting live. Hi, everybody. Hey, what an intro. <laughs> what an intro. Um, hey, we're uh, doing a Paul Walker episode next week. And so we're doing a three-part series. All, all the, the three-part series that we had done previously, we're putting them all together. And shorten them up, edit them up. Make them sound good, and then we are going to broadcast uh, the continuation of those next Thursday. So enjoy, everyone. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. I'm looking forward to the Paul Walker for shout. I'm excited yeah. about it You've been too. Teasing it for so long, I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> when did you start right. teasing this? What week? Uh, week one. Yeah, like I was saying, <laughs> the second I was on here, <laughs> first first episode. It feels like forever. It's the longest cliffhanger ever. Well, you know, I didn't mean it to be a cliffhanger. It was just like you started going down these wormholes, and uh, you know, we talked about, and we'll have the Elisa Lamb episode on here. We'll have the uh, Alistair Crowley episode on here. You know, I've seen some tequila, uh, Tia Tequila slander. Really? Online of you? I have never seen anything positive about it. I've seen a lot of things discrediting. Well, I her. think when you see stuff like that, mm. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Why? Why the concentrated uh, a little effort? propaganda machine? You know, we've called Mockingbird. So um, enjoy, enjoy everyone. Uh, I know Monty will be able to listen to him because he doesn't have a job. So hundred <laughs> oh, percent, nothing else to do. Wait for our California friend. Man. He's experiencing <laughs> the true California life. <laughs> I am. I am. I got to live on a thousand dollars less man. a month now. Thousand dollars less a month. That's I a lot. Live on. That's a lot. You know. You know when I got furloughed last year, I still got that extra six hundred on top of the max uh, unemployment. So I was making like yeah. almost twelve hundred a week. Yep. But they were paying my insurance though because I wasn't totally laid off, which was kind of sweet because I didn't have to look for a job either. So I can go file for that. They that's called the PUA payment or something, but okay. it ends September first. So by the time my benefits and shit kick in, I probably won't even see. Yeah, that. like two weeks. Well, yeah. you might as well go for it. You might as well get the little bit that you can. We'll see. I might might look into it tomorrow, but meh, it is what it is. You know what? what I, I'm on, I'm on to something bigger and better now. I'm positive about it. The situation sucked. Yeah, it did. But what is, does your wife, is she glued to her job? Are you guys stuck in Cali or can you leave? Oh, she would leave for Iowa in a fucking heartbeat. Well, in a heartbeat. Yeah, you, you know what? You'd probably be a lot happier if you moved. Maybe. Take that electric car up there. And you know what? I would have no yeah, problem. Yeah, you probably have to get rid of that. Making 200K on top of what I bought it for. And then so. you could just buy a house outright and not have to work. 
Yeah, and then mm. you get rid of the electric car. Can't you can do you no good in Iowa with that fucking cold weather? Them batteries. You yeah, that's like, true. Uh, You're you fucked there. One hundred miles. <laughs> we can go to Hawkeye games. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be fun. You time. know what? I gotta stay. I gotta stay here for Doctor Dave though. He says he might be on his way to Cali. Question. And, uh, he needs a spot to stay and places to go drink. So I might have to stay here a little bit longer. Question. Did you guys check out that uh, Field of Dreams game? Yes, 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 it, yes. But I watched Dude, it the was intro. Freaking like the intro, how you they all walk out of the corn. And you know what? I'm was, so happy to say, like the Yankees are the only team to lose a game. I know it. Oh, yes. it's fucking awesome. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. I had Fuck tears. Fuck you, by the White Sox of all teams. <laughs> I had some tears. I'm not even gonna lie. Watching uh, uh, beautiful. What's his nut walk out there, and then all the what players walk out from in between the corn. Name. It was. They said. They said. And, if they would have had James Earl Jones, yeah, fucking walk back out of the corner. I'm like, how did you not do that? Um, remember, he in the movie, oh, he walks in the corner, and disappears, and giggles. Mm-hmm. How do you not God have him come yeah. back? How do you not have that? And just come back because James Earl Jones. I mean, fuck, he's 90s, isn't he? Easily, I think he's in his 90s. Let's Google it. How old is James Earl Jones? You doing it? I'm, I'm, uh, you got, you I'm gonna trying. Google it today? 90, dude. He turned 90 He's this 90 year. 90 years old. But how do you not have him come out of the corn with fucking Kevin Costner? Just for a little, just the oh, little giggle. Dude, or just came out, there. those people would have lost their minds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, gentlemen. Like, just the beginning alone was, was yeah, awesome. It, it gave was me beautiful. goosebumps. It made me proud. It made me proud yeah, from Iowa. I haven't Iowa. seen that yeah. movie in forever. I've been through, uh, what's that name? Is that Davenport where it's over by? Yeah, On it's the over by Marshall. Illinois, uh, Iowa yeah. State line is where that Tilt the Dreams is, is at, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Not not that far off I-80. No. No, it isn't. Right. It would have been. That's the only thing that could have made that better. But yeah. I, I still enjoyed it very immensely, even though it was just Kevin Costner and the, and the teams. But if James Earl Jones was there, then they like over the top. All right, I'm eating and war zoning. Yep. What are you eating? We're, we're done. That's it. That's all yeah. we need to record. That's all we need to do. Seriously? Yes, that's, that's what it, I told man. you. You don't you pay attention? Not only are you me. late, you don't pay attention. Right. I am not late. I was just, you know, what do you call that? Uh, I'm gonna go eat and then I'm gonna get on war zone in about ten minutes. All right, I'll mm. see you there. I'm hanging up. Like Bye. a true unemployed person. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Hurry up and get your shit together so you can play some Warzone. This is the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. This is our advice to take the following steps. If exposed, Operation Mockingbird. Better not be penises. Can of worms. Here it is. Uh, oh, you, you've been you've been doing this for a couple weeks now. This is all researching. Yeah, researching on this. Yeah, it's all damn. It's about as crazy as freaking MK Ultra. Really, like how thick and how broad it goes. And it's and not really what you call a conspiracy. I mean, this is truth. It's all. It's all proven facts. Yeah. They did this shit. All right. So where? Uh, w- w- what is this? What is Mockingbird? Okay. That's what is Mockingbird. So shortly after World War II, in my freaking 20 pages of notes here. 
I always love it when I hear paper <laughs> rustling. When you hear the paper rustling, yeah, it's like I just gotta like, dig through some shit. Hold this on a motherfucker second. motherfucker yeah. fucking got shit down. <laughs> it was it was a separate um little project. Before the CIA was started, it was called the Office of Special Projects. That's a good name. Then yeah. <laughs> the office then of special changed projects. the office of policy coordination. So once the CIA starts, the they chief. move it under CIA CIA control. Mm-hmm. And Who's in charge of the CIA in 1950? Our friend Alan Dulles. Oh, Mr. Dulles. He puts in charge Frank Wisner. Frank Wisner Mm. was in charge of the program before it became CIA, so he stays in charge of it. However, this all starts right at the start of the CIA. You're talking 1940s or 1950s? 1948, 1950. Okay. All right. 1950s, like what they consider the official start of Operation Mockingbird. But they were getting everything together back in the 40s. To, right. to launch it, pretty much. Yeah, so, well, it was kind of propaganda-ish stuff. Yes, they had it going, but it wasn't official until 1950. And Alan Dulles gets this guy named Cord Meyer to become the lead operative of Mockingbird. But he works under Frank Meisner, or Weisner, sorry. And he also gets another dude. I saw you had him up there. Oh, James Jesus Angleton. Which I thought was weird that, you know, that's the first white guy I ever seen with the middle name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? Cord Mayer went to school. Yeah. Skull and Bones. Man, it was yes. just, it was a. There it is. Was There's Skull, the was skull and Bones. Back to Skull and Bones. It was. Guess who? James, James Ingleton, right? He actually becomes the head of the counterintelligence, like foreign counterintelligence. Where did he go to school? Oh, just a guess. Yeah, he went to Yale too. Yale, I don't think he graduated from Yale, but he was there long enough. Now, just to become Skull and Bones. Now, the theory is is that Skull and Bones, you do all these crazy rituals with your college fraternity it's members. A, yeah, right? it's a it's a fraternity for sure. And then, as you become successful businessmen in whatever your career is, you have these these tight connections with people that. Yeah, because well, like, do you know like the stuff they did in Skull and Bones? Well, I've heard of them where they where guys have to like lay down in beds and just get man sauce put all over them. I don't know if it's true, but there's some heavy things that happen during those meetings, and I don't know if they're all true or not. But you know, most presidents in our current time are a part of the Skull and Bones alumni, right? Right. I feel like the CIA is just an extension of Skull and Bones. But definitely in the, the very beginning it definitely agency. was yeah like yeah, in the, the beginning tops. in the beginning yeah like they were we all create, buddies we create we get to be in charge of an intelligence agency and you're like man you know what i'm gonna make Corey in charge of counterintelligence i'm gonna make one of my other best friends this guy that guy and they're kind of all partially qualified because yeah. they were like officers in world war ii and stuff it's like good old boys club yo yeah, oh, yeah for 100%, sure percent hundred percent mockingbird really was its main goal was manipulation of the media and its initial goal was to manipulate foreign media, not so much domestic. And the hopes was by manipulating foreign media that by default, the U.S. media would just pick up on it. Now, the, they, they, it. they still have radio stations in other countries that are not allowed to operate within the U.S. that are ran by the Correct. CIA. Yeah, I forget right. what it's called. Was it like the, it's like, uh, oh, Radio Free America or something like that. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, what it's, it's like where you're talking Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're not allowed to broadcast in America broadcast because in because it is a arm of the CIA and they're not allowed to propagate inside U.S. borders. Right. The CIA has admitted to assets in the media and supplied information to the assets. 
to publish the Associated Press and the UPI. So it all starts with Frank Wisner, and he gets Corey Meyer, which is he was appointed by Dulles to like help run this. Angleton ended up becoming his best friend. He's counterintelligence, but they all work together. And we believe, right? and we believe that Dulles was one of the main guys that uh, was a conspirator well, in the JFK assassination. And right, right. So this wasn't guy. the whole point of Mockingbird, though, to convince uh, the United States public of the dangers of communism though yeah yes, originally they, they were created okay. to help fight okay. the propaganda machine of soviets which is you know okay. it's a war thing like propaganda is yeah. big mm-hmm. so they were created to like help go against the cold war and stuff but and that's where the movie animal farm and all that came from right books, well so. animal farm is a legit book written but these guys yeah. actually paid to have it made into a movie okay oh, really i okay. didn't know that now i don't know that yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to have ourselves here. But, uh, sorry, sorry. Was it was actually is a covert action branch of the CIA. It's a front organization, I guess, if you want to call it. And what did it do? What was its purpose? It was propaganda, economic warfare, preventative direct action, sabotage, anti-sabotage, demolition, evacuation measures, subversion against hostile states, support for indigenous anti-communist elements, and threatened countries of the free world to influence foreign media. So right away, they recruit a publisher named Philip Graham from the Washington Post to run the project within the media of the industry. So it went from, we want to go attack foreign media is all of a sudden this quick subversion. Oh, we got to get the Washington Post in on this. So, Hmm. so they hired the Washington or they just hired the editor. Oh, the publisher. Is the Washington Post? Of the Washington Post was recruited to work for the CIA. Okay. CIA, they're almost like informants, or they just work for the CIA, the journalists. Well, sometimes they call them them an asset that they could deny work for them. I can't remember the name of it. It's later in my notes. I actually have the name, but I don't want to shuffle through a bunch of paperwork. (laughs) No, I was just clarifying, like, the the tie to the Washington Post. Right. So, the Washington Post, that's like a media. It's like one of the first people they get. Okay. Right. So, by by the early 50s, they had recruited members from the New York Times, Newsweek, CBS, and many other communication vehicles. They had over influence over 25 newspapers and wire agencies. The usual method was by placing... uh, Reports developed by in, by intelligence provided by the CIA to be written or were pre-written to reporters, and then they just signed off to it and published it. The CIA wrote articles and then yes. gave it to journalists who to then publish published under them. their name. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes the, the do they have examples of the uh, like I any do. type? Of art? Oh. There's one for the ink. Uh, there's some crazy ones. The Angola War, right? Right. You make me jump. In the Angola War, dude straight up admits that he had operatives, a third of his operatives dealt with propaganda, and that they straight up falsified, like straight up fake news. This one guy says that there was this major battle in Angola. They caught 20 Russian advisors in this city that the supposed good forces had captured. Right. When when they all knew, they didn't catch no 20 Russians, bro. There were no Russians there. They just said they caught them there to try to sway public opinion that, oh, the Russians are in Angola. They're trying to make them communist. Huh. We were actually in Angola before the Russians were. The only reason the Russians actually end up there is because we were there already. You find that. They were responding to our actions, not the other way around. That's the whole Russia... (laughs) 
claim. Right. <laughs> this is all Cold War shit. Right. Uh, this is like shortly after Vietnam, too. Okay. I want to say this early all right. 70s. Sorry. I didn't mean to make you jump. I was just curious, like, what type of articles, you know, were they trying to oh, publish? Oh, crazy. With okay. People? Here you go. Yeah, I'll get you another crazy. Uh, another story. The Zambia guy. They're Zambia operative. Like, so what they would do is they implanted these stories into the foreign press and then on the tickers through Rutgers and all those, you know, Rutgers and all those other things, they would get picked up by the main sources of news in the U S and Canada or whatever. And then they would republish it as legit news. This one story straight up goes, it's a total fabricated story. Didn't happen at all. They said the Cubans were there in Angola as well, which Cuba ended up being there eventually. But the story goes that a Cuban force had like ran into this town, raped a bunch of Angolan women, got in another battle, lost, were identif- and then were identified by the supposed rape victims, held a trial, they were sentenced to execution, and they were executed by the women they raped, right? None of it was true. Never happened. They even fabricated the pictures. Now, that's how- a bunch of angle and women fucking guns and took pictures of them. That sounds like, because we, I think we established that, like, the Bushes and, you know, there was presidents that were involved with these CIA operatives and the CIA organization. And it sounds like they use the same type of reasoning every time they try to invade Start a country. A like, because yeah. what it reminds me of is Desert Storm. When mm-hmm. they gave that testimony about how the uh, Iraqi soldiers went through the uh, Wait. Went, went through the hospitals and like yep. dumped out the babies in the incubators and killed all you know killed all the you know babies and all that shit and she started crying yeah. and it turned out that none of that was true and she yeah, was like that's all, all same, fabricated news yeah, that's what I mean like opinion. It's, it's the same thing that was going on when these guys first started like they just sort of carried on the tradition of hey this is the formula to how to start a war and sway public opinion Obviously, nothing has changed from the 1950s to 2020, 2021 now. I mean, you can still sway public opinion by based off what news is putting out there. Oh, yeah. Correct. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Ooh, the plot. I have like a list of TV shows and stuff that are pretty much written. Oh, and yeah. Directed by the CIA. <laughs> Okay. Oh, all right. right. right, Go on. Yeah. So that's what Mockingbird is. It's just media manipulation. Mm -hmm. It's media manipulation to sway public opinion, uh, public opinion in a certain direction to better, better further your agenda. Exactly. Reports would get repeated, right? They get picked up by other news. This still happens today. Think of how many people repost shit on Facebook. They don't even read the sources where it came from and half Mm -hmm. of it's bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, same type of thing is happening misinformation gets spread around and the crazy thing is it gets picked up by media sources and cited by people with well-known liberal and pro-american gigs business and anti-soviet views but the main the thing that i found crazy was like how high up the food chain they really got on these media companies to be cia like operatives and cool with it and getting paid by the cia and u.s taxpayers you know in my notes here i got u.s at one point in the 70s was spending 265 million a year on all their media propaganda and mockingbird and something 3000 employees or yeah. quote unquote employees with the CIA 3000 assets. What year was that? Yep, 3000 assets in the seventies. Jesus. How much was it again? 265 million a year. Not a money for that time CIA's of year. pockets. We got William S. Paley. He was a Colonel in the world wars. He was the founder of CBS and was more than happy and believed in proper propaganda for the U.S. He was very pro-American, so he had no problem with not publishing 100% truth news. You know what I mean? Pro-American. Henry Luce, Time and Life magazine, head owner. Arthur Hayes, he was a Pulitzer Prize winner and a publisher of the New York Times. 
Holy shit. Yeah. Publisher. Alfred Friendly, owner and publisher of the Washington Post. Wow. Hal Hal Headley, I believe his name is. He uh, owned the Miami News. Another guy that owned the Louisiana Courier Journal. His name was Barry... uh, Bingsley, James Copley of the Copley News Service. Now it's like, what's the Copley News Service? Like just a conglomerate of like local. Yeah, it's very, it's a a big conglomerate. And at one point they admitted to having 27 CIA operatives that worked for them. So I looked up the value of $270 million in 1970 to what that value is today. (laughs) 1.8 billion. Oh my God. 1.8. Yeah. yeah, 1.8 billion. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Which means they could afford to own CEOs and owners of these news organizations, you know, that type of money. Everybody's got a, everybody's got a dollar above their head that it costs at the end of the day. Well, and this Cord Meyer guy that I said he was the lead o- operative for um, Mockingbird, right? He was a Marine officer in World War II. He was a high-level CIA operative, invited to the CIA by none other than Dulles. I already said that. And he was a spy before this. He was a spy on the liberal internationalist organizations. They were already spying on liberal groups in the U.S. CIA didn't care that they weren't supposed to operate in the U.S. I mean, they did it almost immediately after they said they weren't supposed to. They're like, oh, we're going to do it. There's a, I don't, I remember it was a one Michael Moore documentary about this one, like, book group that the CIA infiltrated. Do you remember that? Oh, you probably never mm. seen a Michael Moore movie. No, there's, a, it was like a, a book group and they like, it was like 13 people and they'd bake, they'd bake cookies and talk about books and all that stuff. And then they had this new guy come in and he was with their group for like a year. And, and then he died in a car accident and he said he worked for the, uh, I think it was for the FBI, not the CIA. But no, on the CIA, they would blame it on the FBI. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, that was, I forget where that was. But, you know, I grew up at Jehov. And so we had to learn all about that. And, uh, in Russia, <laughs> in Russia, they would have, and I don't see why they wouldn't be doing it here in the States too, but they would have people in the KGB become high ranking members in the church because it was, it was banned in Russia. And then they would send, uh, they would send monthly reports back to the K, you know, back to the headquarters in order to wow. let know what was going on in that certain congregation. And China does that. So too. you're so you're saying the KGB or even in China they would send a high level military official to be like I don't know for lack of a better term a priest within inside a church. Yeah, they they like convert to the religion and then they'd work their way uh-huh. up. I mean, it'd be you're talking people that'd been in there 15 20 years. Wow. And and what would be the point of that though? Why 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 send somebody for, uh, as well such- in, in those cases, it's because it's a totalitarian government, right? So they just want to make sure there's no subversiveness being taught within the religion. Subversiveness or are they trying to find out <coughs> what people are thinking in given communities? Well, I think it's more to just detect threat against the government and their policies. Like, are these people sitting here <laughs> bitching about this leader? And, uh, you know, are they go- are they big enough to create some sort of revolt and so okay, that's what that's sense. why they you know it wasn't just the jails it was any like type of underground church organization well, operating in Russia. okay makes sense makes sense but i'm just saying that you know these other countries are doing it oh yeah. it makes perfect sense that ours is you know 100 percent. 100 percent. this james angleton like i said he was good friends with meyer he was the head of counterintelligence in 1954 and all his links go back to the israeli Mossad. MI6, like he's well tied in with foreign intelligence groups and agencies. Where did he go to college? Yale. I believe he also went to Harvard as well. 
He definitely has ties to Yale in Cord Meyer. And Cord Meyer ends up running the show. Frank Weisner, um, he runs it for a while. And in 58, he suffers a breakdown. He ends up committing suicide in 1965. Is this the guy that jumps from a building? That's how he No, dies. I don't remember how he actually... It doesn't actually say how he killed. I was so deep into it, I didn't really give a shit. But he had close ties to Kim Fibby from MI6. And if you guys... Like, all the stuff I've been re- researching, this Kim, this Kim guy with mi6 ended up being a russian spy and he was like high up no in mi6 way. yes wow in mi6 so you're telling huh? me a russian spy was able to get into the, the upper mi6, organiz- MI6. Upper es- yeah upper echelon of mi6 and nobody nobody could figure that out through all that time it took a while to figure it out like i remember oh I, I think i forgot to add him to the show notes because it's just i had so much stuff it's a p-h-i-p-y so his name is Kim Fibby. And when you look him up, dude, like that's that's the highest level up Russian spy I think we've ever and he ended up defecting, like he didn't defect, but like when he was getting found out, he hauled ass back to Moscow and that's where he lived in, until he died. British until he comes up on Google. If you want to Google him, he comes up on Google as a British intelligence agent. Also known as Kim Fibby was a British intelligence officer and a double agent for the Soviet Union. In nineteen sixty three he was revealed Revealed to be a member of Cambridge Five, a spy ring which passed information to the Soviet Union during World War II and the early stages of the Cold War. He died in uh, night. Wow. Think about this. Think, think, just here's the timeline. He died in 1988. Yeah. 19, that's 32 years ago. 32 years ago. Some, 34. Wow. In that Russia. is not that that's long ago. Yeah. No. Huh, that's crazy. And the crazy part is like how they fund all this stuff. Like people are like how they fund it. They were siphoning funds from the Marshall Plan. What's the Marshall Plan? Was the European Recovery Program provided? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> provided more than fifteen million to help finance the rebuild of, of Europe. They were using it take Europe, a little bit of that after, after, the, after World War. Yep. yep. A lot of the money was used to bribe journalists and publishers. Weisner was always looking for ways to persuade and manipulate public opinion over the dangers of Soviet communism. Before is when they arranged the funding for Hollywood production of Animal Farm. It was when nineteen fifty four. That's okay. when they paid for it. The CIA okay. paid for that. The CIA because, paid for the movie from the book to the movie exactly wow okay have I'm you watched that movie timeline. oh yeah that's a great movie that is a good movie but well done is. cia i didn't know they had any ties to it yeah i didn't realize that i i find that really odd why they would i suppose well, they, didn't, they didn't well they didn't write it they just helped they why helped though what's the connect the movie so that more people would see it because so people would leave the communism huh? yeah. they want more people to understand the dangers of a communist regime right which i mean and, i mean orwell I mean, it's a perfect book to describe how it works. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a fabulous book. It used to be a required reading when I was in school. Not no yeah, more. Even when I went to college, it was, it was, I read it. it. Was, yeah, it was required in high school for me. So, mm. and I graduated in 2007. At one point, they had some 3,000 salaried and contract CIA employees. Yeah. Who were, in, <laughs> who were engaged in the propaganda efforts. In 1977. That's so many people. Yeah. In 1977, the Copley News Service, which I, you know, I was saying before, admitted that it worked closely with the intelligence services. In fact, 23 of its employees were full time employees of the CIA. Hmm. Crazy. Full time. Think about that, though. You have 3,000 people for the CIA working this one task force, right? Yeah. What? 
how do you keep all those people from being quiet and they not believe in what they're doing? I think that's pretty easy. You know, you keep them, you keep them paid and you keep their fucking families. Okay. It's not like they're going around doing, they're just, they're just writing stories, man. And creating misinformation. It's yeah. not like they're doing like crazy. And that's the thing things. though, is, is those people are creating misinformation though, every day. Well, they believe it's for the American good, right? Well, true. So you have to true. get people so it'd be no different than a, com- than a communist country I mean, then. They even admitted to like being able to, they even constrain the media like, oh, nope, you can't report about that. Then the CIA is a small communist organization. In a, in a way, if you're, I guess. If you're, uh, that's how I'm looking at it. If you're feeding 3,000 people, I mean, that's a decent city. One of the other major so players can, in this, his name is Thomas Braden. Uh, Braden. He was head of Inter- International Organizations Division, right? He was a personal assistant to Doles. He left the CIA allegedly in the in 54 and then he, he miraculously becomes the owner of Oceanside California newspaper. <laughs> no way. That is that is like 45 minutes north of north of me, 38 yeah. miles to be exact, I think. He was later oh in life. He, wait, what like, year was that? 54? They were doing a lot of shit. when he literally left and became owner. Like, So this is Thomas Braden. If you want to go to his Wikipedia page or whatever. This is a quote. He's quoted as saying this later in life. He said, if the director of the CIA wanted to extend a, pres- uh, a present, to say someone in Europe, a labor leader, suppose he thought this man could use 50 grand. He's working well and doing his good job. He could hand it down to him and it never have to account to anybody for it. So he could just pay like pause. So he could just do whatever he wanted with funds. There was no answering to anybody. Right? What so, year was that? Uh, he doesn't say what year this all went down. He's just saying like how it went down when he was there. Hmm. Okay. So then he continues. There was simply no limit to the money the CIA could spend. No limit to the people it could hire. And no limit to the activities it could decide were necessary to conduct the war. Dot, dot, dot. The secret war. It was multinational. Maybe one of the first. Journalists were always our target. Labor unions are a particular target as well. That was one of the activities in which communists spent the most money as well. So... A lot of it was like European labor unions and stuff like that. Like we were competing against the Russians to try to sway political opinion. Even today, like you see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people dropping money in certain countries just. Uh, right. Well, it's and the whole the fill the, the void, right? You don't fill the void. Someone else fills the void. Right. So well, I mean, you see that today with the whole COVID relief bill that everybody's talking about here locally now is, is why are we giving money to Pakistan in that? Why are why are they trying to cut live streamers from the internet now? Why right. influence, influence exactly. global opinion? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, okay, so y'all know most people know. I wouldn't say all people know, but McCarthyism, right? Joseph McCarthy. Yeah, we what do. He tried to do. We do early, have some uh, in, uh, in the mid listeners in the mid fifties. This guy Joseph McCarthy, who's a senator. He was very staunch anti-communist dude. Right. J. Edgar Hoover. So like back in those days, you know, like so many ties to Kennedy too. I'll Mm. get to in a second. You know what I mean? But um, the FBI was considered conservative where the CIA, they were definitely more liberal, more artsy and craftsy. And that just reminded me a whole part of the show that I didn't even freaking write down, but I know off the top of my head, CIA also funded this Thomas Braden paid for the U.S. paid for CIA covertly to send the the symphony abroad across the world, and they'd set up art shows. Remember, uh, yes. one it's about, it was about U.S. expressionism, right? Like mm-hmm. James Pollock, all that weird abstract art, right? Yep. CIA was behind those exhibits to show 
that the Soviets were like communism was bad because it's all just one direction, one one style, no expressionism is allowed, you know, all this other stuff. So the U.S. was using this as a propaganda tool to show that the U.S. is way more cultured. We have more ability, like look at our abstract art and the way they would do it is they would get some of these rich, influential people like, hey, I want you to start a foundation. We'll give you a million dollars to start it to pay for the art exhibit to go to London. And that's how they would do it. And it's just it's crazy to think of that, like that the CIA, one of the covert ops was to send music and culture across the world to try to fight communism. I thought that was well, interesting. They were just a lot of that too was just bringing in these different cultures to try to like implant a seed with these people, you know, like whether it be arts or the radio or right. TV. And the liberal people, like most of the time, had no freaking clue that it's the government and the CIA that's pushing their agenda or anything like that. Well, they, they had yeah. no idea because the they Russians did it so secretly. Knew. The Russians, that's why they would ban all that shit. Nothing was exactly. allowed. Nothing the was Russians allowed because know. they knew what, what the U.S. was trying to do. Right. Because they did it. So <laughs> when does John Kennedy, when does he become aware of of all of this the going on? The whole thing with that is, man, we, you know, we played that speech on our last show. And mm, as I'm correct. researching that, I was re-listening to the podcast because I was playing it for a buddy. I'm like, hey, man, you should check this show out. Mm-hmm. And as I'm re-listening to the Kennedy speech, I'm like, holy shit. He's talking about Operation Mockingbird he initiate, yeah. to the press. Like, he's telling them, like, because hey, that I is, know oh, yeah, that speech CIA. is to the press. Yeah. He he knows he's he, he knows what he's talking about. And he's talking about secret societies. He says this form, but he also says it's domestic. And he's telling these fucks, I know the CIA is paying you. Help me out. Let's tell the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, he really did okay. want to end the CIA. And that's... And they you killed know, him. We listened later. to our last podcast. They, in my opinion, the CIA did him in. That's a topic for another podcast you right were, there. That was our podcast last week. Monty, oh. maybe you should fucking listen. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn <laughs> Come on, bro. You know what? Come on. Come me a little slack. Just a little slack. It was slack. literally titled like JFK Assassination. <laughs> and the CIA. And the, it was all there. <laughs> With and the CIA. <laughs> Uh, did you see this about McCarthy? Because you were talking about McCarthyism and how they tri- they took down McCarthy. You know, Edward Moreau. No, Weisner admitted it. Straight up said on these freaking... I, I can get to that point. You want me to get there quick? Well, or do you want to get to this the, part? The reason why is because I, I was looking at McCarthy and they said that he was extremely close to the Kennedys. Dated two of the Kennedys' daughters. Really? Which would be uh, John's Katie, sisters. Really? That would be uh, John's sisters, yeah. He was the godfather to Robert Kennedy's first child. Wow. Come on. Come sit on Uncle Joseph's lap. Well, just, just because you're going to talk about McCarthyism. So, like, I think that's interesting. I didn't know no, that. No, I didn't realize he was linked to the Kennedys so close. Maybe that's why he had another hate. That's maybe why Kennedy had more hate for him, too. Because what happens is Hoover, right? I said the FBI is a conservative. CIA is considered more liberal. Hoover is still getting jealous of CIA growth and power in the 50s and how they're kind of unchecked. And they can, like you said, they have an open checkbook. They just kind of do whatever the hell they want. Hoover's getting aware of their power and he's getting annoyed by it. So he gets in McCarthy's ear and he actually gives McCarthy evidence that like, remember I said Cormier was a, a spy against liberalists right, before yep. he worked for the CIA? Yep. Well, technically he was working for the CIA then and spying on those groups to make sure they weren't communists. Right. Anyway, McCarthy takes off running with it. He called CIA a sinkhole of communists and went after Meyer and Weisner personally, hmm. especially for the leftist spying. Hoover actually thought he had evidence that Weisner actually had a an affair with a Ro- Romanian princess, right? All this stuff comes out in this investigation. So what Weisner does, because he feels personally attacked by McCarthy, he launches 
unleashes Mockingbird on McCarthy. And he uses, I mean, these are well-known people. Like when I say their names, like you might know who they are, like based just on history. A major journalist for NBC named Drew Pearson. Joe Alsup, a journalist. Uh, Jack Anderson, an award-winning Pulitzer Prize journalist. Walter Lippmann. He actually coined the phrase Cold War. He was the first. He's the one that like created that name. Or maybe the CIA coined it. Yeah, he was actually a Pulitzer Prize winner. And then Ed Morrow, which is he's like a very famous broadcaster. I love Edward R. Morrow. They all breaks my heart, man. CIA's attack on McCarthy and labeled it McCarthyism and and betrayed him as a bully. You know, he's overreaching his power. The Hughes Mockingbird against him in the U.S. press. And it worked. You see, I knew they ran a political damage. They made a movie about it, about Moreau. I forget what it was called. It's a great, uh, Good Night and Good Luck. That's what the movie's called. Great movie. If you're into just. Is that, that's decent? But it's, it's about Edward R. Moreau taking on McCarthy and they make it in the movie Mm. seem like he's all by himself and no other news agency will stand up against McCarthy and it's just Moreau that's. That's going to uh, that's going to you know stop it or whatever. Stand and, up, but that's not the case. It. He was getting paid by the CIA in a in a conjoined <laughs> effort to all go yep. after McCarthy. It, yep. it shattered me when you told me this. I love Moreau. Sorry, I can. <laughs> I said sorry, bro. Broke my heart. Good night and good luck. It's a good movie. Yeah, even though it's fiction, I guess. <laughs> after all that goes down, they use it for Guatemala. Used to overthrow the the government there. You know, the president, Alvarez Guzman, they used Mockingbird against him. And Dwight D. Eisenhower, he becomes president. Yes. So he sets up a committee yes. to oversee and rein in the CIA power and covert ops because he knew kind of how they've gotten a little rogue, you know what I mean, with their operations. What the CIA said, the reason why we're not telling you about any of this is so that you can have plausible deniability. Keep so them out of the loop. If you try to call us out, you can be like, I don't know anything about it. And it's because you really don't. And McCarthy, crazy? McCarthy was a hero, like in the World War II. You know, he was, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he was a, what, uh, what do they say, a dive bomber. I think mm-hmm. he was a tail gunner. He died rather young, too. I was surprised. 48. He, 48. He was only 48 years old, but he was an alcoholic. But they they said it was arguably because he fell into drinking because he was ruined so badly by Mockingbird. His reputation was so tainted. Nobody would talk to him because they all thought he was a scumbag because, you know, media. That was, I guess, maybe the first force of dedicated power by the media against someone. I would say especially like probably uh, a collaborated effort by a government agency against their own. For sure. What do you think? I would think so. I th- it, it seems like a it was a coordinated attack against a uh, politician in the U.S. Right. Which well, they, they said this. This is what they, the CIA does. They 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 yeah. practiced it everywhere else, and then once they think they got an idea, they test it out. You know, they test it out it on a on a senator. In this case, it was yeah. very effective. Well, it's you're, it's taught to this day in school McCarthyism. I didn't even know so, he was a tail gunner until years later that he had done all this heroic stuff in World War Two. The only hmm. thing he's remembered for is mccarthyism right trying to get the communists trying to get yeah o- overreaching yeah. but you know i mean i understand there you can't overreach to a certain extent but at the same time like there was people trying to subvert the country back then Eisenhower, right he knew that they were out of control but they were saying pl- denial of plausibility he creates this committee called the four fifty four twelve committee which included the CIA director, the national security director, the deputy and secretaries at both state and defense. The reason why Eisenhower did this is because he, he believed the CIA was not coordinating with U.S. policy, that they're kind of rogue. You know, they're doing what's best interest for them and not what's best interest for the country. That's why he was more concerned. Yeah. And how their senior corporate interests were in upper caste 
up, upper class families was who they were more trying to hook up and help out instead of the actual American people, which man, I can see that today for sure still. Well, it's, I mean, this hasn't stopped. This whole history of how it started and the original players and the original tactics they used are still this, you know, it's still the same thing. Like, I, I don't know if you ever see those, some of those Project Veritas videos, but the Twitter execs, they talk about how they get specific direction on who to shadow ban, who to uh, promote on their uh and and platform yeah, yeah on yeah. their platform and uh CIA and the FBI have offices in Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. I think if anything the mainstream media, you know, back then that was that was the news, but now it's it's other places where people get the news yeah. and, and they've totally expanded. And the CIA hasn't stopped uh hasn't yeah, they've uh, they've expanded their reach with these certain agencies. Well, they've definitely well, got even- busted by quite a few people, like, and it proved that it's happened, right? Like, the church committee, you know, that they created, they, you know, the CIA pretty much says, yeah, we have 400 assets, including people from the New York Times and the National Student Association, was founded by the CIA, by the way. The National Student Association was founded by the, the CIA. It even was, a, was a training ground? A training or, ground for... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, when G, to that you know, point. old George H.W. Oh. Bush. There it is right there. Yep. Old he, George. He says, CIA, effective immediately, the CIA will not enter into any pay contract relationship with any full-time or part-time news correspondent accredited by a U.S. news service, newspaper, periodical, radio, or TV new, uh, network or station. And they would continue to welcome the voluntary unpaid cooperation of journalists. So, there oh, it is. Oh, Papa Bush comes out and says, oh, see, we're not going to do it anymore. Wink, wink. Or fucking, was he that might when as well he just was said president? that air quotes. Was that when he was president? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he, he yeah president. That makes when sense. He was president and he appointed the new CIA director. He said all that. He's, yeah. But the fact that he can get up there and be like, but however, we will continue to quote unquote welcome the voluntary unpaid cooperation of journalists. I mean, that leaves the door wide open. Well, and he no, was like saying, Hey, Mr. Bear, I don't want you to come to my house, but here's a freshly cooked prime rib sitting here just past my doormat. So I was interested, right? All that stuff's gone down. That's all in the past. I'm like, what's it like today? And so That's- I call it Mockingbird 2.0. Oh, oh. this German journalist straight up comes out and says the CIA and U.S. media manipulates so much that they'll make non-U.S. They use foreign. They use the foreign intelligence agencies. Like in Germany, they use the German intelligence agency. He said when he worked there, a German intelligence officer would show up to his office and be like, "Hey, we want you to publish this article." But he's like, "The article's already pre-written. All he had to do was put a name on it and publish it." And he wins a Pulitzer Prize. No, he didn't win a Pulitzer Prize, <laughs> but they publish it. Well, I'm just saying, right? it seems like people that do that often for the CIA seem to win Pulitzer Prizes. Yeah. Well, he said that he did it, and he actually became an honorary Oklahoma citizen of the U.S. <laughs> for, for for his pro-U.S. articles and pro- promoting anti-Russian articles. It wasn't that great of an article, so they sent him to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight up published, put things under his name. He knew her bullshit. But that was in Germany. But they get picked up by the Associated Press and printed yep. worldwide. Yep. The right? AP or Reuters. This is what they call CIA people that don't work directly for the CIA. They call them non-official covers. Yeah, so you work oh, that's what you were talking so about. Okay. Yeah. You work for them. They pay you. They will never they will never claim you or your news organization. You're a non-official cover. It's like it's just like non CIA agent. 
<laughs> yeah, and you get bribed by billionaires. You get bribed by the CIA to write a certain way, pro-European, so pro-U.S., anti-Russian. It's, it's a fancy way of being called a snitch, kind of, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude straight up says, all the big news radio companies in Germany are part of the operation. Hmm. They do it through the transatlantic organizations, not through direct contact with the CIA. They send you on trips, bribe by the organization to promote pro-U.S., pro-Europe news. They befriend you and brainwash you to be that way. Britain, Israel, France, Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan, Jordan, Oman, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, all in this web of CIA Mockingbird. Well, you reach. remember Khashoggi? Hmm. Remember Khashoggi? Not, the guy they no. chopped up in the in the embassy and brought him out in uh, in like suitcases. He was a journalist. They they said it was an attack against the journalists of the New York Times because he wow. had written a few papers for the New York Times, but they were all pro Prince articles that were divisive in Saudi Arabia, and he had been given a house in Virginia. I think. I mean, I think he worked for the CIA. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, I think some other warring party found out and uh, had him dismembered because he was disloyal to the. Oh, I do remember country. that. Yeah, in Turkey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They met him in Turkey. They caught him in Turkey and cut him up in Turkey. Damn. Well, this guy was saying that the the German intelligence, which is linked and and was helped started by the CIA, is who he dealt with mainly. And one story in particular, he talks about. He's like they wanted an anti-Libya Omar Gaddafi article. He said uh, he had no idea what was happening in Libya, and they provided him with all the secret information. The article was already written, and they just wanted him to sign his name to it, and he did. And the article was about how Omar Gaddafi was trying to build a poison gas factory. Mm. It was reprinted mm. worldwide two days later after they published it. Worldwide. And he said it ended up being bullshit. It wasn't true. But at that point, everybody saw the original headline. So even if they publish it on the back page somewhere else, that's not true. No one sees it. Yeah, I'm looking at this Khashoggi guy right now. Journalists, uh, according and like all the quotes are from like the Washington Post, New York Times. Man. Well, yeah, most of them, too. Even previously on some other people we talked about, I looked at they were all the same reporting companies. Yeah, look at this. Well, Khashoggi relocated to the United States in 2017, began writing for the Washington Post in 2017. Space. All linked. Uh, former, <laughs> former U.S. intelligence contractor Edward Snowden accused the Saudi government. There it is. Yeah. Is it weird, though, to think about? I don't want to sidetrack too much from it, but it's weird to think about. This started in the 1940, late 40s, early 50s, and yeah. is still relevant today and oh, yeah. you can go out to any area and ask people hey what do you know about project mockingbird and they'll be like what i never even heard what of what are it. you talking about the movie yeah never i yeah. love the movie <laughs> how to kill a mockingbird that's what they're, that's what you're gonna get hit with yeah. well and, and this with, is still relevant today oh yeah dude speaking listen, German, listen dude, to this, this listen i'm sorry but listen uh, this is the last time i'll bring it up but in december 2018 the washington post revealed that khashoggi's columns or his whatever he wrote on there at times oh. were shaped by an organization funded by Saudi Arabia's regional nemesis, Qatar. That's crazy. In 2018. Proposing his ago. topics, giving him drafts, goading him, and giving him research. And if if he was compromised in Qatar, then he was he was definitely being used by the Isn't CIA Isn't one of the countries here. I listed? Yeah, of course. That's the only one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That, it's, nuts. Saudi. it's like it's like these it's Hollywood movies they've made. It's like, 
wow, they really are kind of true. They're based on truths. Well, and this is and, all public information, though. You know what I right. mean? Like, oh, it's it just no one talks about it. Well, here's the crazy part. This German guy, when he's talking about it, he's like, what happens if, if you say no? He says, well... You pretty much get fired and you get ruined and there's no way you're ever going to be a journalist again. Enjoy being a janitor. Yep. Yeah. No, yep, straight up. Janitor like, he talks about this At one guy in particular. School. He says, what happens when you say no? A German rescue unit by helicopter called Traffic Accident or Yellow Angels. Pilot did not want to cooperate as becoming a non-official asset. He got removed from his job. He tried to sue. Lost. Jo- the, the judge said, this is all in Germany, said he didn't want to be a part of the German intelligence group. He could not if he didn't want to be a part of it, he could not be trusted and therefore shouldn't be allowed oh, to do Christ. any of this stuff. Yeah. What are we, wow. Hitler, Germany? So, yeah. Well, this Germans, is in Ger- yeah, this is in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. And then he says, you know, this guy personally, since he came out about it, he, he said he's been harassed, accused by the German public prosecutor for leaking state secrets. He's had his house searched six different times. Isn't that crazy? Right. Where it is now? CIA in Hollywood. What shows? I mean... The CIA, it's so embedded in Hollywood. They have agents that work just for all, like, they, they admitted they had CIA operatives at Paramount Pictures. I'm going to say a, a movie, oh, man, what was that movie about the- Yes, the movies. I started recent. The Ben Affleck, what was the Ben Affleck one about the- oh, there you go. The Iranians. Some of all fears. Yeah. Yep. And Where then, you played uh, Jack Ryan. I'm going to definitely say Land Before Time. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. The dinosaur yeah, definitely movie? a CIA movie. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. <laughs> the dinosaur movie. So it was a Mossad operation. That Zero movie. Dark Thirty was very CIA had their hand in that a lot. That movie about Osama. Okay, yes. Argo. Fargo? Argo. Wait. Oh yeah, Argo. That's what I was talking hey, about. Argo. Okay. No, no, no. And then no. The, you know the, the television series Homeland, they're all up in that. The other one, uh, Alias, they're also in that, and they're in they're involved with twenty four, and then they're also invaded in, you know, the agency, which is CIA. Twenty four Charlie Wilson's war. Oh I, yes. No. Yes. Yeah, because it's celebrating their hero. That and they're trying to show that they didn't fuck up and arm terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> they're shining they're trying to shine a light. They're like, Oh, we're trying to help the good guys, yeah. you know. They wouldn't let us build schools. Yeah, they're they're doing it to downplay the seriousness of arming terrorists. So, does that make Tom Hanks a CIA operative? Wow, I, I think so. Well, Ooh. they say a lot of the times these liberals, you know, they're disconnected from it all because they're just it's part of the script. They didn't know the CIA helped write it. What about John Dillerman? Who's John Dillerman? <laughs> That's it's just to penis, give you some mouth candy. Cartoon. Give him some mouth. Candy. Ah, nice tie back, Ray. Well done. <laughs> okay, so like, what happens after the Cold War? The whole thing with Project Mockingbird was to be a counter-propaganda machine against the Soviets. Right. The Soviets go down, right? Right. What's their purpose? Yeah, what happens to, what, those 3,000 employees? Who are they going to propagate against? Let's see. They did the, uh, well, they uh, they did the Desert Storm. Well, the, the think right. of the 90s. Uh, Kosovo. So all the movies that came out in the 90s, what do those movies do? Oh. Saved by the Bell? They, they produce... They, <laughs> they, <laughs> they, <laughs> 80s, 80s. Uh, Slater, Slater's part of the CIA. <laughs> yeah, he is. Hey, Dr. Belden. Hey, he was oh, probably Belden. He's probably an MK Ultra project. That's why he stabs people. I had a huge now. crush on. I had a huge crush on the the dark haired blue eyed girl. I can't remember her name. Dark right hair, blue eyed. Kelly. Yes, Kelly. What Kelly? I loved her in 90210 yeah. By the way, Kelly. Uh, yes, I did watch that show. Mario Lopez is a piece of shit. <laughs> Didn't he play uh, Superman though? No, you no. Know, that motherfucker. No, he. Uh, he You're fucking, thinking of uh, Dean Kane. He was thinking Superman. Oh, oh, that's yeah, yeah. 
No, I'm, I have a personal beef with Mario Lopez. Why? Because he's so Why? good looking? No, because in Saved by the Bell, he's personal. deciding where to go to college for wrestling. And it was between Iowa and USC. And he picks USC. Obviously. Like, well, fucking, oh, well, yeah, what a great wrestling USC program. Iowa too. Have you seen the women that walk across the USC campus? Come on. I want a woman with teeth, not with gums. Well, I can't. Wow. All, all the women my, in Iowa look like Corey. <laughs> my beautiful wife is, my beautiful. Beautiful wife is from Iowa. But she didn't go to Iowa Hawkeye. She's a ISU. Cyclone. Well, that explains why she's a professional housewife, I guess. Wow. <laughs> Monty's like, oh. Well, anyway, to tra- so get back to this. Charlie Wilson's war was funded by the C- CIA as well, right? To downplay the CIA's stuff. But in the 90s, the reason why they were like so proactive and like, think about it, Hunt for Red October. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dude, like a lot of those movies, what do they do? They project the CIA guy as the heroes or like we're saving America. I, th- oh. I think he was FBI. Red Dawn. So they're trying to promote that the CIA is a good service to battle the evils of the world. And they've had 1,800 movies and TV shows or influence or scripts were, um, you know, manipulated by the CIA. Wow. 1,800 movie and TV shows. What about the recruit? Yes, that's a big one. Colin Farrell. Since the, since the Cold War, there's been 1,000, what'd you say, 1,800 and something shows? Yeah, movie and TV since shows. Since 1991. Since 1991, there's been Since 1991, movies. there's been almost 2,000 movies and TV shows that have influenced the CIA. The has been a part of. Yeah. Like there was a, well, the Brad the Pitt was in one, too. I forget the name of it. And they can shut down any Mr. movie and Mrs. before Smith? even shoot. No. That is insane. He's an Minus actual CIA operative. Yeah. So I, I'm doing the math on this right now, and that's 66 movies a year. Oh, dude, it's 66.6. Oh no! Two thousand divided by thirty. No, six hundred. It's all coming together. What about Uncle? Well, a lot of this stuff too. Like some of them, they're not like totally manipulating. They're just they're just like a scene from the script. You need to remove this scene because it makes us look bad. Like uh, any Vietnam War reference that you know marks the U.S. as losing it or bad, they make them remove it out. Anything that has anything reference to, like, soldier suicide, they also make them pull that out. You're right. I've never seen any of that in any movie or TV show ever. Right, because it portrays a bad image of the military, and they say no. Yeah. Well, Bush, Bush did you that. you never even see... Bush did that with the caskets in uh, in the war, remember? He wouldn't let the press yeah. take any pictures of uh, any of the caskets coming home. Yeah. Or you never see you never see you see very little footage of like World War One and World War Two uh, military guys uh, like shell shocked or anything like that. And that was a real thing back then. Yeah. Yeah. And the CIA even admitted to having operatives at Paramount Pictures. And they offer free support to any movie project wanting to make a movie about them. What about so Jason even, Bourne? Because they kind of portrayed yeah, definitely him in, in those. Definitely did Jason sure. Bourne. Has to be. But, but that Chase makes Brandon, the CIA look bad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But Chase Brandon, right, he's the first CIA liaison officer between the CIA and Hollywood. So what he did is he helped coordinate between Hollywood and the CIA. But he's not listed as a CIA guy in any of the – you can find him in the credits. He's listed as a technical advisor. And the recruit was one of the first ones like that he helped do with Al Pacino. He's a senior officer or whatever. Okay. He helped yeah. pitch that idea to Disney, who produced and distributed the movie. But it was written 
with the CIA. I'm just going to throw this out. Paramount Pictures, Land Before Time. Boom. I'm walking away. That, yeah, right there. <laughs> walking away. I'm, looking at, I'm, I'm looking telling at you. Right now. It's a Mossad operation. Spielberg, it's the plight of the Jew. If you ever if you ever think about that, they're looking for the promised land. That's you know, true. the the Tyrannosaurus Rex is the evil Gentile. What is what does uh, uh Longneck have to hold on to to remind him of his mother? Remember the, what she gives him? The leaf? No. Remember the leaf she oh, gives him? Oh yeah, the five the five star oh, the five The Star David leaf? leaf? I'm just the thro- Star David Leaf. St- I'm just throwing it out. It's the whole I've been saying no, this you're years. very correct. You're very correct. God, that is creepy now that I'm seeing all these connections come together. It's 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 almost sickening in a sense that everything we have or at least I have watched as a child growing up, you know, you you look at it, you're like, Oh, that's a good movie, that's a good movie, and then as you get older and you learn history, you're like, Oh man, well, this like, is some messed up. The main up thing with Zero Dark Thirty, about. right? The that they got so much flack about was that in that movie, there's, you know, a slight they're trying to promote like torture as not being as bad a thing as it really was. But they got a lot of critical, you know, a lot of criticism mm-hmm. from it, trying to like saying like, hey, why are yeah. you supporting CIA for Back torture? In 2010. Well, yeah. we didn't want to support it, but it's a part of the story. So we felt we had to keep it in. But That's a lot of people of said that it was the CIA's attempt to like soften the public to it, to like, well, and ultimately how bad the, the image was really- of it. Well, and but also, I think when you think of torture, there's public misconception on what torture really is. And there's also the public doesn't fully understand, I feel like, about what war really is. Like, you don't see things on the news or on social media unless you're really digging for them. That's the whole problem, right? Hollywood Mm -hmm. is the only way the public learns about the agency. A hundred percent. Well, should the public be learning about the CIA from the CIA? Without knowing, it is the CIA influencing all the information? A hundred percent. They don't realize it's the CIA that's in control of all of it. You got to understand that there's no major movie industry that doesn't have ties to China right now, too. There's a great podcast called uh, China Unscripted. But they had uh, several people on talking about how certain movies, the Chinese government dictates to these uh, these movie agencies now, like, oh, you got to take this scene out, put a pro-China scene in. And they'll do it because it's a huge market, you know, to market their movies. Or they'll just make movies exclusively for Chinese audiences, like Mulan. I won't watch Mulan, the new one. Because not only did they they film that, it's nothing like the original Mulan, first of all. And then, I haven't seen the new one yet. And uh, But they filmed it where they have all their concentration camps. That's where they filmed Mulan. Oh, really? Disney, yeah, that's where Disney filmed it. But, wow. it. but you're talking, you know, other countries are doing this too. It's not just the CIA. Well, no, when you look at the NBA, like everybody's like, oh, you're going to like reduce your morals just to get paid so the u.s invested in today's value billions of dollars to sway the public opinion in a certain direction using tv movies newscasts everything like that and i feel like today when you look at the united states public's opinion of uh vladimir putin Everybody seems to love that guy. Do you think the U.S. has been successful in that campaign to sway everybody against Russia? I also believe it's because the Russians have done so well of of infiltrating the U.S. social media. Or do you think that's like a whole other dinosaur? I mean, I ain't talk about the Russians. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. The collusion with the the election and how many ads and stuff they ran during the Hillary deal. I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about I feel like the public's. I the view of the public towards Vladimir Putin in Russia is 
higher than what they think of the United States. Does that I, make sense? No, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say uh, people hate Vladimir because no. they use the whole thing about how Trump was best friends with Vladimir. So they hate, they hate Putin just on that terms. But it, think about, think about it this way. Get your mind off of Russia because Russia is old news, right? Get, yeah, your, right. get, get your mind on this. Um, what was that? The uh, Red Dawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, that was Korean as hell. Beautiful. It was, spo- it was supposed to be Koreans, right? That invade the U.S. like well, that. The, the latest one ah. was the latest one was North Koreans. Why? Why did okay. it uh, change? Why did it change to North Korea? And man, that was right before all the bullshit started happening. Who dictated? Who okay. dictated it? Not be Chinese troops. Think about think about how often you I see, see anti Chinese propaganda in the news. Oh, that was in Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's where they filmed it. That, well, that's where it takes place. That's in the movie. That's where they are. In no, it's Oregon. Well, the first one. The oh, first the first one. one. Oh, the first yeah. one. Yeah. Ray, Ray stuck in uh, 1989. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first the first month I moved here, Ray's oh. like, let's watch a snowboarding movie from 1983. Out cold? <laughs> Out cold? Yeah. Out yeah. Cold. Best, best oh, fucking yeah. movie ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to see the tits on this girl in the hot tub. It's with Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. So what are we thinking here then, gentlemen? Oh, I think this this program is very much active. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think this I I think given the state of the current economics in the United States, I feel this program is way more active actually than it probably was back in the 40s and 50s. 100% and they have a lot more information than mm-hmm. they did back yeah. then, too. Yeah, everybody's information is readily out there. I mean, you could dive deep into the facial scans on your phone or the thumbprints or things like that. I mean, everybody does everything. But we're talking just propaganda. You know, just, we're I know. we're so easily gotten, influenced nowadays. Yes. That's the problem. Easily. Easily. I've gotten yeah. so critical of news. Like, I will, like, legit, like, if I see somebody post something, like, I legit will look up two or three different references to see if this is really true or not before I even comment or even, like, maybe but think about reposting to. it. Except Bigfoot. What do you think? <laughs> Except Bigfoot. I think it's just another wormhole down the CIA trail that uh, we just fucking are just tapping into. I think now that we're aware of this stuff, we'll see it more often. Yeah, like, for sure. Know because, I, like, for. I had no, the, the, yeah. you know, I knew that they ran, pro- I knew they ran propaganda stations outside of the U.S. and that it was illegal for them to operate those within the U.S. But what it seems to me is they just found a loophole and they infiltrated all these, they infiltrated all these news organizations. And you you can see that now because now was like six, six conglomerates on the media or something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's not hard to infiltrate six conglomerates with 3000 people. Well, and I challenge people to just go back to our last podcast. Listen to that Kennedy speech again after listening to this. And man, you will hear it. He is talking about Project Mockingbird to he, them. He is he is uh he's begging them to help him. He's begging them to help him and a week later they fucking shoot him in the head. Yeah. yeah. Like I was I it was so profound to me like cuz I was just re-listening to our show and I'd just been researching it and then when I listened to it the second time I'm like holy shit. Should we finish the show out with the JFK speech? Worth it like after hearing all this information and then listening to Kennedy beg. Man, that made me like the biggest Kennedy fan ever. I'm like, this guy was freaking a true put it, put it freedom on. warrior. Put it oh, on. he was one of the be- he's damn near the best president we've ever had. I think in the 60s, I might have been a fucking Democrat. Yeah. Well, let's play it. We'll, we'll play it and uh, we'll finish the podcast on a word from President John F. Kennedy a week before he shot. Best president ever. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. 
And we are as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence in the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, 
not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. Oh, man. That just gave me chills. Right? He's begging him, dude. He's begging him. He's like, you're protected under the first. You're the very first protection. You come out and say what's going on. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Yeah. Like, he straight up, like, I I, I was listening to that saying, I'm like, holy fuck. That's the, uh, that's Operation Mockingbird. Good shit, Devin. Good shit. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was pretty good. I what do we? Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. What are we talking about next week? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I it's either uh, a murder mystery or we uh, we wrap up we wrap up our CA wormhole. I feel like all this like is this early late forties, fifties, sixties CIA. Well, you know, we're gonna, just, it's just a huge rabbit hole. Like, like yeah, there's so much went down. Well, and we're gonna go back. I think to MK Ultra. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if FC if Tito's got something, but um, if not, we're going to go back to MK Ultra. And I could be interested in the Paul Walker series. I know you guys have mentioned that. Well, I got to I got to finish up this Jolly West shit. Okay, I'm down with it. This I'm one, down with it. this one is uh, this one's going to be. It kind of ties into the last couple of weeks. You might as well. Yeah, just fucking oh, wrap right. it all up. This will be about Charles Manson. Charlie. Ooh. Charles Manson and the CIA. Charlie. Ooh, man, <laughs> some of his freaking interviews he's given, like even just from prison, so creepy. It really oh, is. I was God. listening to one. He's so like, creepy, and I feel like he has so much insight or had so much insight to stuff. It's it's well, and well some of this you find he says out too comes off yeah. so logical and smart. Like, how the fuck is this guy like just out of his mind? Yeah, but well, yeah, he's so right by what he says. Perhaps he wasn't Take out him. of his mind. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, there's a teaser. Oh, so we'll, uh, Jolly West freaking had influence on Manson. I'm just saying, Jolly West is Manson. Oh shit! <laughs> Sorry, gave, gave it away. <laughs> you know what we forgot to do? We forgot to do a Marilyn Manson tie-in on this one. <laughs> Man, I got so much shit Ch- for that. Charlie's dad. Everyone, I had two errors yesterday. I spelled the. I didn't even the show notes wrong. Misspell- I yeah. didn't even notice the same assassination. Yeah, that made me laugh when I did see it. Yeah. No. So I fixed that. To all you fucking lovely grammar people out there, I hope why, you, should, you, you should be police. fucking spending your time playing Scrabble instead of fucking spell checking my shit. Uh, and then, uh, and then, of course, the Marilyn Manson—that was huge. And that was so, great. I mean, I, I love that 
I did love the pics of him at, you know, JFK's funeral. I thought that was tight. <laughs> Sitting right next to Rob. Why so close? <laughs> I, I posted that to someone, and my friend uh, who I knew worships Marilyn Manson proceeded to yeah. write a paragraph about when he was born, his actual name, and how we don't need baseless conspiracy theories in this time and age. <laughs> <laughs> so... So one person, one person overboard for Phantom Facts, I guess. But. I love it. All right, guys. You all have a good night, and uh, we'll, right. we'll catch day, you next Phantoms. week. Hey, society. Tito here. For those of you with a curious mind and those of you who like the show, follow us on our Facebook page, Phantom Facts Society, where we post bizarre and unsolved stories. Feel free to post stories you find interesting, and maybe we'll cover them on next Friday's show. Peace out, Phantoms. Guys, are you uh, are you ready to learn about sex magic? I've been doing some research on this, and what an interesting fellow! Mm. I didn't do anything on it. I got I, I got asked, "What do you know about sex magic?" And I went, "What are you talking about?" And the reaction I got from Jamal, I was like, "I'm not going to do any research. I want to go into this empty-minded, open-minded, however you want to call it." This is more about the man that wrote the book than it is about the actual well now we'll get into some of that we'll get into all the gory details as much as you guys want to some of it gets pretty alistair crowley now have you guys ever heard of that name mr crowley (laughs) who sings that that song ozzy osbourne which is interesting because where's uh where is he from and he's from in the uk isn't he and crowley had a huge impact in the uk crowley is like you know how julia child's what she did for French cooking, she didn't like really create any of the recipes on her own. She just yeah. translated them, made her famous. Well, that's what Alistair Crowley did for sex magic. But to understand, dude, you hear this? I got to be done with this episode tonight because this shit's crazy. Alistair Crowley, we got to understand the backstory before we before we even go into what he created his mom called him the beast and uh yes that was his nickname i want to hear that backstory. all right here we go (laughs) now so his parents super religious his dad was a member of a thing called plymouth brethren which was like a strict strict religious group he was also an heir to a large brewing company in britain so he's filthy filthy rich Nothing better well, to do, so he joined this like little sect called Plymouth Brethren. They were kind of known as the anti, anti pleasure. Anything that gave you pleasure was considered a sin, pretty much. A sin, and they didn't really like. They didn't really like old Alistair too much. <laughs> well, that's not. <laughs> well, you, know, you paraphrase. I mean, when he first, when from all the stuff I researched up until his dad died, he was like devout and wanted to be like his dad, 
and be a preacher. According to the record, he had uh, health problems, and they shipped him off to his uncle out in the country to improve. And, right. And he immediately improved. Now, to me, that just sounds like, hey, we can't handle this kid right now. Go out to the country. And if he dies, he dies. And if he well, lives. Well, that was after his dad had passed away, and he was... They believed like even indulgence in food was a sin. So like they really limited to like what he could eat stuff. And they said that was part of his condition. And the doctor said he was only going to live like a couple months. So the mom's, the uncle says, Hey, let him come live with me. You know, at least maybe get some fresh air out in the country and uh, hook it all up. But since his, they all thought he was going to die, his uncle was like, Letting him do crazy shit. Yeah. Got him a prostitute to like help lose his virginity because he thought his, you know, thought his nephew was going to die. So he's like, well, you got to experience something. So that's nice. (laughs) Well, it just shifted his whole perspective of the, of that. You go from one extreme to just like a complete, well, you go from one extreme just to, I guess maybe that was normal British behavior back then. What was with the British always shipping their kids off to the countryside? You notice that? Yeah, and like all the weird. stories, they're always just shipping kids off to like, hey, get, yeah. out of here, get out of here. Well, the other thing too is uncle like give him beer or buy him beers at the pub. And his uncle really is like one of the main culprits of his corruption, according to the Christians. Well, <laughs> and we are going to, now here's a fair warning. We're going to go in to some like religious stuff and I'm not necessarily like pertaining a belief in it, but there are people who believe in this for sure. To this day, right? To this day. That's sort of the focus is like, how do people, well then if they believe in it, what do they believe in? Even if, you know, like I, I don't, a lot of this I don't believe in, of course, but that's my disclaimer to it. And it's my interpretation of it because, you know, I don't want any hexes put on me. Well, I was going to say, it, it gets rough, too. Like, there's a lot of uh, very deviant activity and very graphic sex things. And so if you're queasy to that, you might want to, you know, listen to it forward to the end. Nah, listen to <laughs> it. There grow some years. balls and listen to it. All right. Now, Alistair, that's his youth, right? He grows up. Uh, his dad dies. He, uh, you know, acts out in class, uh, goes to his uncle's. Guess where he goes to college? Cambridge University. Damn. Yeah. You know what I found fascinating what about? What year was all this? This was like in the Eight, 19, like 1900, right? 18. Yeah, Eight. it'd be like 18. Uh, it was 1895. 1895, okay. he was in uh, Cambridge University. Now, he was there for like three to four years. I couldn't uh, find anything, but like I saw from when he entered to when he left. Well, I saw when he left, so I assume you go to Cambridge when you're what, like 19? 19, 19. <laughs> sure. He doesn't look as weird as I thought he would. He goes to uh, Cambridge. Now, you would think when they ask people about him, you, you know, like the one common thing I saw in all the articles about him was that he was good at chess. Like, what the fuck? Well, not what just that, that like he was a really great poet, too. Well, that's debated. That's what he went to the Cambridge he he was, for was for poetry, and he joined the chess club right away. But none of his kind of a prodigy. N- none of his poetry sold like really well. No, and to me that just sounds like a spoiled kid that had a large inheritance because his dad died, right? Yeah, that's the only reason I think he's able to do what he was able to do is because he was rich. No one else can live this kind of life <laughs> unless you have a crap load of money. Privilege. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Alistair leaves Cambridge. He doesn't sneak off, but he leaves it without a degree. He joins a group called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. You guys ever heard of these? Heard of this? Not until I was researching it. But it had like T.J. Yates and like a couple like pretty profound like English yeah. literature people, really famous people. Yeah, yeah. The, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. They based their whole belief system off of what was called the cipher manuscripts. 
And the cipher manuscripts are supposedly, this is the story. Now, to me, this sounds a lot like Joseph Smith, but like for the 1800s. The cipher manuscripts or these were these uh, 60 documents found, and they had to be decoded because they were in code, you know, sort of like Da Vinci stuff right there. And they were decoded in uh, 1887. And uh, supposedly, there was all these like ancient spells. Magic. Now, when we talk about magic, we have to establish what we're talking about first. When you guys think of magic, what do you think of? Uh, oh, Chris Angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Houdini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, almost. Yeah, when I hear magic in the most sense, you just think of a magician on a show doing cool like illusions. What's the other one called? Uh, mental mentalism. Yeah, you know, that's funny because magicians, they always are like abracadabra. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm talking about magic, now if you go on the show notes, you'll you'll see what the uh, hermetic order of uh, the Golden Dawn believed in. They believed in like the elements of earth, air, water, and fire. But when I talk about magic, there I'm talking about some kind of like voodoo then, because I guess voodoo could be considered a uh, a kind of magic as well. Yeah. I'll say more on the witchcraft side, like Wiccan, that kind of summoning and like spells is what I believe they were more into this was astrology tarot cards geomancy mm-hmm. you know what geomancy is is I that don't, when I you don't. have sex with like a demon no no that's ingromancy whoa, whoa. So, no, yeah. calm down hey you know sadly we're gonna get there wait what <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm not ready i am not ready <laughs> geomancy was like this ancient uh, babylonian thing where like you'd get a bunch of arrows or dice and the dice like decided what you what act like it was like a choose your own story uh, you know like kinda, go to page you know, 52 look, you know remind me of like i was just reading the definition of it you know in willow he's like i'll consult the bones yes he yes chucks that shit on the ground he looks at it and goes the yep. bones tell yeah. me nothing <laughs> <laughs> i love that movie it's one of my favorite movies i've never seen but it. that's what geomancy is right yes Throwing yep. some objects. yep that's yep. geomancy and then alchemy now when you think of alchemy i always think of skyrim yep <laughs> that shit was so hard to level up Yes. Oh, dude, I, I spent, I've lost, I've lost hours and hours. There's one day I was so into Skyrim. I had collected all the ingredients in the world and I started like making potions at like six in the morning and I was just <laughs> doing it. And the whole time, my guy's just sitting there like leaning forward, just making that, you know, noise. <laughs> and the next thing I remember, it's like my wife's coming down and she's like, are you going to fucking eat dinner or not? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I spent 12 hours making potions and I made potions so expensive that I couldn't sell them to the merchants because they didn't have enough gold to buy them from me. I was like, damn it. I had hundreds of these things. You know how many but, times I've thought about playing that game and I see it all the time. Like, oh, download it now. I'm like, oh, I want to play that game. That sounds exactly like something I want to play. And then I watch like somebody playing it and I'm like, I do not have enough time in the world. To no. devote to playing that oh, at all, you no. got at all time. If you want to be awesome, at all, you have to do it time. I I would That's... spend hours just hunting, like walking around hunting. You guys are all losers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, like wow. Tell me like something I don't know here. <laughs> yeah, that was back when I, you know. That's not what alchemy is. Well, it is. This sort alchemy of. is like trying to turn shit to gold. You guys, okay, go to the show notes and go to the Lucky Mojo body fluids. That sounds kinky. <laughs> All right, give me a second. Here. The different uh, kind of alchemy that? then? You have so many links here. I know. So it's not okay. like so not like the al- the book The Alchemist where he's, he tries to make gold out of anything. 
It's a different kind of alchemy. Well, this is like the original meaning of alchemy. This was like, uh, it was like a lot of medicinal stuff, but there was like some actual, uh, it's, oh, you guys, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to look for? I'm looking. Okay. I don't think what? you want to look at it. I'm this, just reading the show notes here and I am like, what am I reading right now? What? I almost don't even want to say these. Am I allowed to say these what? words? So before, before we, <laughs> before we go, before we I do, do any not further, allow any negative energy within this room i'm in uh, <laughs> same what the fuck is this? okay i need a bible I need this a must bible. have been the uh the hidden dlc for skyrim so uh, <laughs> so fair warning this is yeah some of it's graphic um yeah. but this but we have to step i have this is i have to establish it because we have to understand what alistair crowley was involved with so crazy I don't want to say crazy. And this stuff, is a some... this is a subculture pop icon, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. Became way more popular in the sixties than he ever was when he was alive. Yes. Yes. Probably because of Ozzy. So that song is about him, by the way. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. He was very big in, he was very yeah. big back in, in uh the early nineteen hundreds. People knew Aleister Crowley. Mussolini knew about Aleister Crowley. Kicked him out of his country. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I well, never put those two together, the Ozzy Osbourne song and Alice, Allison Crowley. I never put those two together until tonight. I'm completely, it all, it, my mind, no. Yep, this is That who. song doesn't make sense until you know about this guy. Oh, now it makes perfect man. sense. So now we Yeah, because get- you asked him why he failed. And like, yeah, I, I heard the song after I started researching it. I was like, holy shit. And no. So, so this- is Ozzy about this? Is he a oh, well, sex magic? Well, let's we gotta we gotta explain what we're looking at here first. Yeah. I still you know? I'm still trying to find the alchemy thing that you referenced. Okay, find it. so this is Lucky Mojo. Yeah, the link for that. It's the uh, menstrual. Oh, blood. I menstrual thought. Blood. Okay. okay, that's what I thought was. Okay, yeah, I'm body on it now. fluids and hoodoo. Oh. Hoodoo. <laughs> Menstrual blood, semen, and urine. <laughs> no problem running through that one, did you? Um, <laughs> they practiced a thing called uh, theurgy. Theurgy? Theurgy. I think that's how you pronounce it. Which is the meaning. I didn't know what it meant, so I had to look it up in the dictionary. Now, according to the free dictionary, which might not be as good as the paid dictionary, theurgy means divine or supernatural intervention in a human affairs. The second one is magic. Performed with the supposed aid of beneficent spirits as formally practiced by the Neoplate. So it's either to call upon something divine or supernatural or uh, to conjure up a benefit. That's what uh, I posted that one link in the show notes under the uh, Lucky Mojo. Because this is an actual sort of like a little dictionary about uh, things you can use uh, which would be considered alchemy. This is uh, falls under magic. So, like, there's an example of uh, if, hey, ladies, if you want a guy to love you. Uh, Just put a little menstrual blood in his fucking coffee or tea. And, and he will That's be why blood. I drink mine black. That's what it says, man. <laughs> it literally it says that in this article. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The other part says avoiding magical capture by menstrual blood yeah. or urine. Yeah, if someone tries to capture you. Yeah. So this is like a Wiccan site? Like, this is for the people really research this? This, is, this is what. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. This is the stuff that they uh, they established. These types of beliefs and type of ma- this is magic. This is with the K. Magic with the K. And that's how. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's all sorts of like different things you can do. Love potions that you can do with uh, urine and vaginal fluids. Yeah. 
Yeah, check it out, dude. Lucky Mojo Curio Company. Manufacturers and distributors of hoodoo and conjure supplies, oils, powders, <laughs> incense, baths, washes, herbs, resins, colognes, uh, roots, minerals, curios, books, candles, sat- uh, statutory, and amulets. Get All available. Open seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific time in California at uh, Forceville. <laughs> oh, right down oh the road. God. <laughs> right down yeah. The road. Yeah. yeah. You, you right have to go street. check this stuff out, Monty. <laughs> On the scene. I'm having a with- hard time wrapping my mind around this right now. Like, it was. <sighs> I'm reading this article. Men can make use of their sexual fluids in a love spell. They have to masturbate to orgasm and preserve the resilient fluids. Resultant. I, I, I resultant fluids. Resultant fluids. I, I wanted uh, to start a cult so bad so I could what write shit like this that people right, I, would I, believe. Corey, you got to go on because now I just I need to know well, where is, you're going with this. This is sex this, magic, though, bud. This is what this is sex from magic. all the research I've done for yes. Crowley. What they're explaining with the semen, like you need to be concentrated on your desired result while you're coming to orgasm. That's like you release it onto the world, kind of, and okay, it will come so back next, to you. The next time my wife has a Starbucks, I'm gonna say, "Hey, can I take a <laughs> sip of this real quick?" And I'm gonna <laughs> run into the garage, pull and- out a vial. <laughs> yeah, and just fill the rest of her Starbucks and hand it to her and be like, "Here you go, babe." And well, she's I don't magically going I don't know about. I don't know about. That's how it works for guys. That, that was for the chicks. But <laughs> no, that's what it that says. That reminds there. me of that that's story in a uh, guy in New York that got arrested for doing that to his boss's coffee. Didn't what? he do it for like a year? See, now that's interesting. Maybe did she ever fall in love with him? <laughs> uh, no, he actually got arrested for like I can't remember what they got him with sexual assault. I think they got him for, got him for for like nothing in her coffee. That's fair. That's fair. It's pretty bad. Yeah. I feel that's this fair. happened a couple years ago, I want to say. Well, he wasn't doing it right. He wasn't oh, concentrating. wasn't using that See, in order to do this, you have to be, it says you should be concentrating on your desired result at the point of orgasm in order for this to be effective. So he must have gotten distracted a few times. And it didn't, <laughs> the printer and spell didn't work. You'd think after a year. How do you not mm-hmm. notice that for a year? Wait, 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 wait. This article isn't talking about the history. It's someone actually telling you how to do it. Yeah, that's what I was yes. saying. That's a story. You can go buy all this stuff from them. But this is the, the additional stuff to add to your This spell. is sex magic. I find that dried tampons work fine, though. Whoa. <laughs> if you switch them through the coffee like a tea bag. No. Where's that? <laughs> no. That's under I didn't see it. magical body fluids. No. Being fresh. <laughs> Apparently not. You can freeze it for future use. This this article also tells you how to avoid it. Because men are thought to be so susceptible to magic, or excuse me, so susceptible to magical deployment of women's menstrual blood, vaginal fluids, and urine. Last time I checked, I am not susceptible to any of that garbage. Hey, bro, have you seen animals like when they, you know, when they're yeah, in rut true. and they sniff with like, uh, you know, a doe in uterus, whatever they call it, you know, like that uh, archers used Devin, to like. We're not hide their scents. Their upper lip, we're not, you know, they'll sniff that vagina and their upper lip touches their nose. They're just, you know, they're just like, mm, mm. they get aroused, bro. You saying that don't work We're, for you? No, bud. I'm sorry. I don't know what you guys are what? doing out in Middle Earth, but over here in California, it's that like is Cardi not worth. You know, swipe it, swipe your, you know, swipe, swipe it with your nose like a credit card. Have you ever heard of the? Uh, <laughs> oh my God! What? I don't want to know. You know what the no. Moses is? Moses. Where you split the Red Sea with your staff? No. Uh, ah! uh, <laughs> 
I don't, I don't, I don't play during Shark Week. Uh, not safe for work. Do not listen to this. No, one. I regret telling my dad right before this. Yeah, you should listen to yeah. this podcast. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's why this disclaimer. Turn it off. It's rough. Turn it off <laughs> right now, Maverick's dad. Turn it off. I said he probably handle it unless he's you know against all that. Most people like this kind of stuff. They can listen to it in private without being judged. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Uh, blood is the main issue here. I want to focus on right because blood has a large significance within this cult to think. Now, uh, when we're talking about Aleister Crowley, right? So that's some of the that's alchemy, right? To the uh, to the to the Golden Dawn. That's the stuff they teach. Now, this is stuff that's been passed on, like this website here. But this is definitely. Do they sell period blood here? I don't know if they sell the period blood, but they sell the other stuff that. You need for incantations and oh, stuff like that. So. I wonder how much they charge for semen. Like what are you guys talking about? Okay, um, um, there's a substitute okay. list at the bottom if you can't find it. Okay. What you need. What is going on? What? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I'll be okay. back onto the show notes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry. So the, Alistair Crowley's part of this for a while, right? Now, his, his buddy that he's been friends with for a while has a sister who's in a prearranged marriage. And uh, she doesn't want to marry this guy. And so he marries her out of convenience. That's how it's de- that's how it's described. Uh, they get married so she doesn't have to marry this other guy. And they end up going to Egypt in 1904. He ends up falling in love with her. And uh, they, ha- they uh, are expecting a child. And all of a sudden, according to her, she starts to have these nightmares and dreams. He's trying to get this information. He's going to all these different magicians because this guy is like all in on this. And uh, he's going to all these different guys. And finally, he gets her to recall an image she sees in one of her dreams. And he takes her to a museum and uh, the Egyptian museum. And there is a plaque called the Stella of Ankh-Efenkansu, the priest of Manchu. And when she sees this, she says, this is what it is. The Egyptian gods came to me in a dream and said, this is, this is, you, this is something you should take. And when he sees this, he is visited, according to him, a messenger of an Egyptian god, Horus. And Horus tells him that he should steal the uh, stele. And this, now, so now a stele, and I got pictures of it in the show notes, but the stele is like this little plaque. That it was sort of like a hall pass card after you died. That's that's that was my impersonation of it. So after you die, the Egyptians buried you with this little tablet that uh, sort of told your story. Said, "Hey, you know, let me through here." And like the front part of it is uh, is just the guy explaining that he had died. He was a good guy. He needed to get through the boat with all the dead people so he could get judged. And he didn't want to stick around in purgatory. And then in the back is according to Aleister Crowley, where he gets the inspiration to start sex magic. Now, a lot of this goes back to ancient Egypt religion. Like, we're talking before dynasties, before they were even united. And uh, there's a couple interesting things they have found about the Egyptians and human sacrifice. Now, they said that human sacrifice isn't normally associated with Egypt, but they have found 
instances thousands of years ago, around the time that the pyramids were built, of ritual killings of human beings as part of offerings presented to gods on a regular basis, and then retainer sacrifices. You know, that's where they would like bury him with a pharaoh. You know, Wait, like what? a pharaoh. So, like a pharaoh dies. And they're like, you know, they put him in the pyramid or wherever his tomb is. And they take all his servants and throw him in there, too, and then seal the tomb up. With them alive? With them alive, yeah. That's loyalty right there. I don't care who you are. That's what I want. You're willing to be in a room (laughs) with your servants until you die. I'm the pharaoh in this (laughs) fantasy. (laughs) He wants that kind of devotion. (laughs) Yeah, he's looking for people like that. We got our own Alex Crowley in the hazy. Now hiring at maverickwd.com. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they talk, man, they talk about like uh, this one king. They found this one document where it's like this story of a king where he would um, he would eat the enemies that were captured and like he'd live off their hearts. And and, uh, this is all like in the in the in uh, the show notes, but like he would eat their hearts and gain power from them. You know, and the heart was uh, in Egypt culture considered like the seat of intelligence. Well, if you humans eat brains and you get the prions and. But it was all these like myths about how the consumption of cannibalism or cannibalism or eating of uh, eating of humans gave superpowers to whoever ate it. Because he talks about after eating this, he took on gods and stuff. You know, it could be very well him. Of course, you know, he's bragging, you know, back then, 5,000 years ago. The reason we're talking about this, though, is because this is what <laughs> this is uh, what Aleister Crowley believed in, that these ancient traditions, if still practiced today, would result in the summoning of ancient deities and it could be performed exclusively uh through sex magic Uh, a lot of this stuff is actually very interesting where it talks about how the benefits of drinking blood stuff with inside the blood there is a lot of nutrients in blood there's a lot of tribes in like africa and everywhere that they actually drink blood of animals because it's full of nutrients it's the quickest way for them to gain the nutrients of the animals before they, but you know, before you cook the actual protein. Yeah, of the don't animal. they do that in like Africa? They like, yeah, they won't even kill the bull. They'll just bleed it for a little bit uh-huh. and drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the Western Correct. world, women eat their placenta after giving birth for the nutrients for their their kids. Yeah, I've that's, heard that's of that, but I don't normal. think it's. No, it, it's, no, it's I, a normal thing. You can go and you get it like grinded down to a powder. You can just eat it. Oh, like yeah. it, it's it's a normal thing because it has so much nutrients that your kid will. I think I want to say like I read somewhere that that ended up being like it's 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 not needed in the human diet. If I remember well, right, a lot of animals do do that though. A lot of animals. Well, will the, eat the the thought is that they eat to, the placenta to keep the predators at bay, correct? So that they don't realize correct. there's a baby around. Is what I correct. read. You guys are going to be really disturbed when you look at this BBC show. Look at the show notes under the BBC article. Uh, It says there, in major cities around the world, communities of ordinary people, nurses, bar staff, secretaries, are drinking human blood on a regular basis. And (laughs) there's this story here of in New Orleans, you can go... 
Yeah. You, <laughs> but they're saying this is all all over the world. You can go, and uh, it's uh, begins as like just like a regular metal procedure. The guy swabs uh, a patch on the lip, and then he punctures it. And then someone comes in and licks the blood up, and then so they walk away. It's weird because this article it says his acquaintance first swabs a small patch of the upper back with alcohol. Then he punctures it with a disposable hobby scalpel. Can someone tell me where you get a disposable hobby scalpel from? Because I don't know where you can buy a scalpel from CBS at all. Yes, farmers. Probably Walmart. Yes, <laughs> Lowering his lips to the wound yeah. and lapping up the wine dark liquid. There's got to be an easier way. <laughs> Wait, what? Like that's the most disturbing part. Is they're going through so much trouble to do that. The guy that did it was upset because he said his blood didn't taste good. Not as metallic as it should be. <laughs> So you said was this was a 94. He recalls. He yeah, this it was 85. <laughs> Apparently, diet, hydration, and blood group can all make subtle differences in the flavor. And they... <laughs> You, sir, are getting a bad Yelp review. <laughs> yeah, that person didn't eat enough pineapple before the procedure. <laughs> That's proven not to be true. That's Just throwing that out there. I know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> you guys grossed out yet? No. I'm I, I'm trying to find out where we're going. I, I'm really intrigued. I love leaving where we're you in the loop. This, well, I'm I'm I'm. I want to because I think I don't want people to just dismiss this as like, oh, these are just some crazy nuts. Um, it is some crazy nuts, right? But this this goes all the way to uh, high government officials. Like if you look at the very next show notes after that article, uh, do you guys remember spirit cooking? Do you guys remember that term, spirit cooking? Mm-mm. No. Okay, so WikiLeaks years ago, well, I guess, I don't know, yeah, about five years ago, just did a data dump of a bunch of emails. And, and one of the campaign managers for a prominent politician... I don't want to go too far into politics. They talked about uh, getting ready for spirit cooking with this one woman named Marina Abramovic. If you look in there under under her, she's a, a Serbian artist that uh, because of the WikiLeaks dump, she's gotten very famous. One of her books includes recipes that seem to center around mystical alchemy disguised as artistry and involve expressions with consuming bodily fluids like blood, spermatozoa, which I, I, I don't know what spermatozoa that, is. Italian semen. Oh, okay. Well, breast milk, etc., which result in aphrodisiac recipes, aka sex magic. And she posts these pictures uh, because she's got people that follow her of like stuff they should do that day to perform little rituals. But the campaign manager, they, there's pictures right there of him, and in the background you can see a picture. Uh, you guys got the show notes pulled up there? You see this picture right here? This guy that's being eaten by people. Oh, this is recently. Yeah, this is uh, five yeah. years ago. Yeah. The quote uh, of... Better to be the guy on the table than with the fork than the guy on the table. Yeah. I mean, he's that's not it. wrong. It's better to be the guy with the fork than the guy on the table. This goes all yeah. the way up to the top, gentlemen. Sex magic. And that's what I'm trying to... I uh, We may not believe in it. But there are people that do believe in it, and they 
they're very prominent people. And that's why you got to sort of establish, you know, you got to establish all of this stuff first, right? Because there's so much backstory. Uh, you've got uh, the importance of blood in a sacrifice, uh, you know, all these different uh, alchemy incantations you can do. This is all stuff that <laughs> that uh, the high government people believe in. Uh, so the fact that they are high government and that powerful in this world, does that prove that this works? I, that's, that's a valid, do I need to just that's a valid like, question. change my lifestyle? <laughs> Like, is that how I'm going to get a raise? Should I email my boss and say, hey, I got the menstrual blood. Am I getting a raise? Because <laughs> it's working for this guy. Well, and I mean, we uh, this this is like a, a worship. Like, uh, there's this cool little uh, dictionary. This is where we go into the Bible stuff, too. Uh, you guys ever remember the story of uh, why Noah's flood happened? How the angels came down and started having uh, uh, sex with women. You, oh. you ever heard that story? I've heard something about where the angels were having sex with, with women. Yeah, but I, I don't think I gave it much thought at all. Well, so uh, this story uh, is what causes Noah's flood. And what happens is that the the angels that live in a, a you know different time zone time zone yeah, that's what, what we're going to say angels live in different time different zone time. all right <laughs> they they are ohio clock. I'm, sorry, I'm just i'm just still like on the fucking one page about the cannibalism and I, I kept scrolling down and there's like a fucking bathtub dude with the dude in it and these people are like what sitting there with spoons devin's really disturbed just digging Did you see in. this I yes just, yeah is that real? Disturbing because yeah. I feel like a fork would be easier. <laughs> no, it looks what? like it's. They said it was an art piece, but it. Man, we have to understand the god they're worshiping, right? All this stuff is to bring about a deity or their god. That's why all this stuff has to be performed, and, and sacrifice, human sacrifice. That transcends all all cultures. I mean, every culture had their own form of like human sacrifice, especially in ancient days. I think we can all agree to that, right? Well, these these guys still believe that is how things should run. And have you ever heard of uh, the the god Molech? Yes, but only from TV shows. So the god Molech uh, comes up in Bible history a lot, and what he and this is. He comes up in, in in the Bible a lot, but this is like actual, there's historic remains where they have found worship sites to the god Molech. So it's an actual god. It's not a, a made-up god. Uh, it was a god regional to the area. And Molech, how you sacrifice to him, right? He had an altar, and it was uh, in the shape of a bull, about eight foot, eight foot high. And inside of it was a furnace. His arms were extended out as he was seated in front of this altar, what they would do is they would bring infant children that were just born and they would put him in the arms of Molech and then the child would like roll into the furnace and then the flames would burst and it would, according to this one Greek historian, he said that uh, the flames would uh, burst up into the air and it would cause a, a like a, a shadow to cast out onto the, you know, because they do this at night. This was a ritual done at night. It would cast like this evil smile because of how the bull, uh, the idol was shaped. Then the mouth had slats in it, you know, so it was like curved open. 
in Carthage, they found over 20,000 sacrifices to the god of Molech in an ancient graveyard discovered a few years ago. Damn. So, like, child sacrifice was a key to this to this god, Molech. And it was believed that if you did this, that Molech would allow you to prosper. So, like, you know, you need to have a good crop that year. You know, you need fucking... One less mouth to feed. <laughs> That's no too soon, man. Every <laughs> I mean, I, I I was gonna go there with it. One less mouth to feed, of course, because you just ate the other person that you were supposed to feed. <laughs> uh, there's a statue in DC of Molochs, apparently. Is there? I, that's what it's saying. That's crazy. There's a statue in California to Molech. No. Yep. Sure is. How do you spell? How, how, how do you spell that? M O L. It's in the show notes, bro. <laughs> in the three pages of show notes. <laughs> how deep did you so go? It's on the third page. Show notes. <laughs> uh, and in Rome. Since the last, the least Egyptian times, perhaps even earlier, Moloch is known as the patron deity of child molesters, and it depends. It, well, it demands child sacrifice. Demands. Demands it. Demands the avatar it. is a bull, or less frequently an owl. His realm was fire, war, and child sacrifice. May or may not be Satan. It's believed that Bell is actually Amun-Ra. Like, so, like, you know how it's, and it's interesting, because if you follow theology through uh, through these ritual or through these different uh, cultures in, in Western civilization, uh, you can see the same gods all sort of stay the same through the different world powers that go through it. So Egypt, you have Horus, and you have Iris, and you have Amun-Ra. And then the Greeks, they have Zeus and Jupiter, or Zeus and I can't remember the other guys. And then the Romans have Jupiter, Mercury. But all of the roles of these gods stay the same. There's always that one god like uh, that just demands ultimate sacrifice, which would be like the head god. So like Zeus would be Molech. Uh, or would be transcribed into Zeus. Um, but in Carthage, a lot of these uh, people that had inhabited uh, uh, the area along the Mediterranean uh, spread this belief all throughout the Mediterranean. And remember that document that Alistair Crowley comes across in Egypt? The stele of Ankh Efenkansu, Efenkansu, whatever. That is an. That was uh, uh, written during those Greek times. And so, obviously, like, this belief system is something that goes back, you know, thousands of years. It's just been changed slightly. The reason we bring it up is because in Aleister Crowley's book, when he's talking about performing the Rise of Phoenix, which is a, which is a black mass ritual, he talks about how you, you could definitely use an animal a goat would be ideal. But he said, you can't sacrifice a female lamb as one would not obtain any appreciative, uh, appreciate quality of the fierce energy useful to a magician. So the best way to perform the spell would to be a, to use a ram and the ram should be a virgin for the highest spiritual, uh, for the highest spiritual working. One must accordingly choose the victim that contains the greatest and purest force. A male child of perfect innocence and high intelligence is the most satisfactory and suitable victim. And then he proceeds to say in a footnote in the book, 
right after he says that using a human child is the best way to do this, he uses in a footnote a reference to a man that had performed this mass over 150 times in one year and had written down his results. Damn. Not of using a goat, but of actually using a a male child. Uh, He would perform these uh, in a little abbey he had created in Italy, and uh, Mussolini found out about it and kicked him out of the country. You Crowley did this? Yeah. With the 150 kids? No, 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 Crowley. In his footnote of his book, after describing that using a male child of perfect innocence and high intelligence is the most satisfactory way to conjure up a demon. Because you got to understand, they didn't. Why would you conjure up a demon? Well, their belief was that you could fool demons. So if you had a sacrifice suitable enough, you could employ the demon to do work for you. And therefore, you were lord of that demon. And there's, you know, a whole list of demons that they believed in, you know, Uh, but but Crowley had a had a whole system set up where you could summon these demons. And that is the belief of how like Solomon's temple was built by the Freemasons, because this is uh, this is all based in Freemason symbol uh, symbolisms. So, like, the belief is, is that Solomon was the first one to learn how to do this. King Solomon of the Bible. And that's how he was able to build a temple so grand. And then other cultures learned about this, like the Aztecs, about human sacrifices and the importance of blood. And they were able to accomplish, you know, huge engineering feats uh, for, uh, you know, like the Mayan pyramids over there. All because they had captured the power of these demons through these sacrifices and then employed them to build these great towers. And that, and that is what, that's the, like the belief of why you would even do this. But to obtain it, uh, to its highest level, that's how you would go. And that's according to Crowley in, in his little, cookbook of sex magic <laughs> so i'm just going to point out some facts Go people ahead. are doing this and they're becoming extremely powerful running major campaigns at the same time the aztecs across the world somehow found out about this and also did it right that's that's the belief yeah so yeah because they didn't have like facebook or courier pigeon so I think there is more proof that this is real than there's not. I rest my case. I went down this wormhole pretty deep, guys. I went down this pretty deep. Alistair Crowley would end up broke, addicted to drugs, and really nothing left to his name. He'd spent all of his inheritance doing this. And in his vision, he was supposed to be this grand magician that was going to call in the New World Order of Osiris. But uh, he ended up old and alone. You know, he didn't have a lot of uh, notoriety when he died, but he did become this huge icon afterwards. Story of Alistair Crowley, the sex magic. What do you guys think? Uh, (laughs) I need need a second to formulate a thought, bud. I mean, from what all the stuff I said, I, I pretty much just researched Alistair Crowley like the whole time. I didn't like dig into like, all the rituals or anything like that, but well, to me, I thought the rituals were like the most interesting thing about it. 
because no, I, it's so For hard sure. to find that shit. He, he, well, he wanted to delve so deep into just how far could he push the limits of, because uh, his whole his whole religion that he tried to create at the, you know, Temple of Lima or whatever was the Book of No Laws is pretty much the Bible for him. And it was pretty much you do what you will. Yeah. No, no boundaries. I guess, like, to me, these these acts, because there'd be, like, you know, stories of how, like, in the middle of a climax, they'd slit the throat of a goat and release all its life force in, into that moment. Yeah, well, he was making you know, that goat have sex with his wife. <laughs> there was, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a true story, bro. Yeah. His uh, wife actually, what was the quote? She said she was, any man could, what was it? I'm trying to remember. She would be like pretty much submissive to any man, and she prostituted herself out. There was like no limits, even though she was married to Crowley. Like it's just big orgy. That's what they pretty much had: piles of drugs and cocaine on the tables. I mean, that's where his fortune went. They said he was a heroin addict. He forced his followers to get like totally stoned and like high, and not just peyote, but like cocaine. And then they'd sit in the, the room of nightmares, and they, they were. They had to sit there and stare at these murals that Carly had painted on the walls, and they were all just, like, demonic, and, you know, they would come to life because you're high as shit. How big is this following? Is there an estimated number today? No. No. I mean, shit, I was watching a video. This girl, this gal made a video, like, recently about sex magic and how to, like, conjure. I was watching it, and I was like, this is modern. Yeah. Well, and there's definitely a whole, there's a following to it. Definitely a following mm-hmm. to it. But a, a lot of it I notice is like, you know, uh, don't cut your blood, you know, don't cut yourself. Just, yeah. Just, well, there's burn definitely sense, you know, there's a kitty version. Have your extremes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if, you know, they're all basing it off of Aleister Crowley, and this is what Aleister Crowley believed in, you know, like you, you could kitty it all up you want, but this guy was into some, and, you know, and, and there's, plenty of evidence of like bloodletting where like there's an example where in one of the sacrifices they would uh, take a child and uh, put it into uh, put you know the child into a barrel and then drive nails into the barrel and then like the adrenaline from you know the slow death would drain the blood out and people would drink the blood that's documented the statue in in Switzerland Uh, I've seen it in person it's weird Eating the children at the fountain. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows why it's there. Yeah. We've talked about this in earlier shows. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I mean, you think in if they were dropping 150 kids in a year back then, you know, I just saw something about 300 kids got rescued from a kidnapping not too long ago, uh, like last week. Yeah. It's a lot of kids, man. Anyway. Do you think there's an Epstein link to this? I do, man. I do think there's an Epstein link to this. I'm not religious at all. So, like, for me, it's like, I would love to stand in a room while you try to summon a demon. And so I can be like, well, see, nothing happened. (laughs) Yeah, but then something does happen. (laughs) Nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is interesting, though. Then why would this why would this carry on for so long? I mean, they're talking about like these. uh uh, documents they found, they were still dated back to like the 1300s. 
you know. I mean, if you're using like sex and like drugs to like enhance your your moments, like taking DMT. Yeah, but this you know, isn't. You take DMT doesn't mean you spoke to God. This isn't. Uh, this isn't just like some party house though. This is like orchestrated rituals that are that, that are based off of like old rituals that were taken back. We're talking four thousand years ago. Four or five thousand years like, ago. See, for me, I just felt like Crowley was just anti-Christian. So anything he could do that was not the Christian way was the way to go. Well, wouldn't because that make he them got burned so bad by Christianity as a child? But the Freemasons are anti. Well, uh, according to this, anti-Christian then as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's not just Alistair Crowley thinking he was groomed into this by a, an order that had existed long before him. Right, but they kicked him out of the Golden Dawn. Well, no, they didn't kick. They split. It split. Well, they very much voted him off the island, bro. He was the Martin Luther of uh, sex magic. There, he, yeah. there can't be two poets in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. <laughs> I'm looking at your show notes here, bud, and it also shows that in January of 2018, Mel Gibson is also a believer of this, saying that Hollywood is drenched in the blood of innocent children and claims that the consumption of baby blood is so popular in Hollywood that is basically operates on a currency of its own wow. in 2018. It There's is a lot of weird this, shit. This that is comes still out current. This is still current. Well, the the famed movie producer has blown the whistle on the epidemic of parasites, or excuse me, the epidemic of quote unquote parasites who control Hollywood, stating that every studio in Hollywood is bought and paid for with the blood of innocent children. I feel like so, today you can't blow things like that off. Wow. Spoke of these agents who are the enemy of mankind continually acting contrary to our best of interests and breaking every God-given taboo known to man, including the sanctity of children. He said that babies are their premium brand of high-grade caviar cocaine diamond steak. Gibson also says in the movie industry, quote-unquote, harvest the blood of children and eat their flesh. They are using and abusing kids. What this is? Uh, this I, is this is not uh, this is not new human behavior. That's all I'm saying. No, not at all. This is this transcends cultures and and time. This belief that uh, young blood has this healing power. I mean, look how long the, the Queen that of England. This are the most powerful I, people in this world. Well, it's interesting to see high government officials participating participating in it. But not even that, like even like Hollywood and celebrities. I mean, they're Hollywood is probably the most powerful political organization in this world. People will listen more to whatever some actor has to say than any politician. And they're doing this. Well, And there was a huge ring in Britain called the SRA that participated in this stuff. And they were exposed in the in the 90s. A lot of these murders of people. It's uh, there's I mean, there's interesting like in Britain, man, they Britain got some issues over there. You know what? Ultimately, I think we really don't know what goes on with here. Here's my thought. So ultimately, we really don't know what goes on on in the like high power society. You know, there's all the different groups of people, the Illuminati and everything. And you, you we have our thoughts on what happens. But ultimately, we really do not know what is happening beyond closed doors. 
Yeah. And for, 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 for a celebrity to come out and say something along those lines, I mean, that's ground shaking. He, he's exposing something that's happening or has happened to the next level. And you know there's people that don't want to hear that or see that. or, or it, Well, we know there's that. Imagine being the people who are part of this this system and this cult. They don't want that information coming out that that's what they're doing at all. And it's just so out there. I, Man, it's creepy. I think it's they're creepy. caring less and less, though. Oh, I agree. It, it's it's being considered probably a new norm within high society and super popular people. And that is why Aleister Crowley is considered the most wickedest man alive. I can agree with that wholeheartedly now. Now that I know the story, <laughs> man. We'll never hear that song like the same way. No, no. Actually, I'm going to listen to it later tonight and I'm going to pick apart the lyrics of that Ozzy Osbourne song. <laughs> It'd be so cool, like to like close out the podcast with that song playing. Mr. Crowley. I actually thought you, that when I heard it. When I heard yeah. it, I was like, we should like incorporate. But I don't know what copyright laws yeah. and all that bullshit. I think ask. you can do thirty seconds if it's educational. You only need the beginning. Everybody, the knows. beginning part is when he like I looked it up, and he's pretty much just he's asking Crowley questions. Huh, that's interesting. It kind of like it Crowley somehow disappointed Ozzy. At some point in his life. I wonder how. I wonder how. You know, I had a theory. What happens? You know how Crowley's mom called him the beast? What happens if that he was... He banged the maid on her bed, though. What happens? Your mom walks in and you're no, eating the flesh when he was of a, a child. When he was, when he was a little boy, she called him the beast. And I'm thinking that what happens if his dad, you know, he came off as a super religious guy, but he did a lot of evangelical work in North Africa, which is where they got a lot of these kids. What happens if his dad was a main member in this uh, in this cult and uh, they had an incantation and the demon had sex with his mom? And he was born, oh, and that's why they shit. couldn't. That's why they couldn't stand no him being around. Way. So they shipped him to his uncle, right? And then he finds his way to Cambridge through privilege, and uh, the order comes to him and takes him under his wing. And then he believes he's this, you know, chosen one, and he's out there performing, trying to perform all these demonic uh, seances. I mean, this stuff was pretty popular back there back then so I'm just saying, yeah like theory. he tried to it's invoke theory. satan like he went he went on to do what how many fucking days is six that weeks spell six weeks yeah he but bought a house just for it in the original no I, I take that back six months it's six months i apologize in yeah. the original up, it was 18 months but he cut it down to six months because he was lazy <laughs> well even then he still didn't finish it yeah even then yeah but he uh, he was trying to uh, – it was considered the most powerful spell to summon a demon. And, like, you had to summon a bunch of other demons just to get to the it – was a, it was the first boss battle. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, in the, in the spells, you know, from the Golden Dawn, it says that you shouldn't try to do this. It's like there's a warning before you even try to do it. Yeah. And that the – that the threat of that you get possessed by a demon is very high. Yeah. If you mess up. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, this guy was all in. And, I, I mean, it was just a, a theory that came to my mind. Alistair Crowley. Magic. Yeah. Alistair Magic with a Crowley. K. I feel like we're that less is so a much wild out. one. You sir. have like a million freaking like, 
you really you really took us on a ride with this one sir i'm gonna give you that one man that like you could do we could probably do a couple shows on i mean if you really wanted to get down into the satanists and the occults and sacrifice missing children i mean you could do a mr crowley season yeah, I mean, stuff that freaking you know Mel Gibson says about Hollywood is pretty gut wrenching, really. Well, and the fact mm-hmm. that like it's organized, all these kids disappearing. I mean, three hundred yeah. kids disappearing. You know, they find them all together. What the fuck's going on? What the fuck? We'll find out. Never know. People, no people are. We will find out. People are starting to ask questions. Here, you heard it here sort first. Of. Phantom facts. We reported it first. Yeah, we got it. We did we? The, I don't know if we did. We're just <laughs> covering it. <laughs> in our opinion. In our opinion. Yeah. I mean, we. This is just a very tip tip surface of How, the it, occult and that, Satanism, I, really. All these. Well, Satanism is the you know like the the Christian cultural term for it, but right. uh, you know like this is you know they don't. It's not considered Satanism between them. Almost like you know? well, would you consider almost paganism? I. It's paganism. It's, it yes, feels, it's a form. Yeah, yeah, this is like a lot of pagan stuff is in here. Well, and these are old rituals that you know the you know gods before Christianity that were worshipped, you know, or before you know recorded in the right. in biblical text as far as that goes. I grew up, you know, in in uh, a pretty severe Christian home, but I, I you know I had to learn about all these gods because they were in the Bible, you know. So like Molech, mm-hmm. Molech stuck with me the most because i just don't understand how you could sacrifice you know these kids to a furnace <laughs> yeah could you put your kid in there no I, no yeah but it well but if if you believe that enough you would we, you're right yeah you're right because you you've been around like you especially yeah. have been around people that will believe things this ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> but the fact, like, why does Molech come up in all these? You know, it's interesting how pop cultures like grabbed onto Molech, too. You know, like he's, you know, he's in a lot of these shows. What was the one show you mentioned, uh, Devin? Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. You know, that I was, was a good show. I was it, watching. A lot of it is this kind of stuff. Yeah, I was watching Sleepy Hollow, and like I think it's the first episode they introduced Molech. I yeah, like, that's like a whole like yeah. the first two seasons. I think are all about just fighting him. As soon as I saw Molech, I'm like, nope, I'm out of here, man. I ain't watching anything <laughs> Molech. I already know that story. Like, like, they didn't get quite into the pedophilia stuff, and you know, they just said he was pretty much Satan. Well, in the show, in the show, yeah, yep. yeah. There's got to be some truth to this. You don't think so? What the, this happens? Just all of this, yeah. Yeah, well, I believe there's. You have your really good Christian groups, and then you have your you have extremes of both ends. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. And people super take devout, things, yeah. and you have the super sinful, I guess. But you know, it's all up to interpretation. I mean, it's crazy talk, but <laughs> I, just, I, I think it's crazy. There's things of like these sacrifices and the bloods and the menstrual stuff that one ancient civilization knew about, but at the same time, across the world, someone else believed in almost the identical thing. Well, you could say that was cultural progression, but th- here's the thing: like with uh, with like, remember they found the twenty thousand urns full of uh, children remains that were sacrificed to Molech. They said that like other cultures in that area rejected that, like hard no, hard pass on sacrificing yeah, well, kids. They said they thought it was just Greek and Roman, um, you know, smear campaign, Greek and Roman mockingbird. 
you know, propaganda. But it was an actual thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like they found in some of these urns inscriptions of like, hey, we'll have two next year. (laughs) Or like uh, one was like animal remains and it was like, uh, my bad. You know, I didn't have a kid to sacrifice this time around. And like, don't curse me because of this. Like it was a big thing in Carthage to sacrifice your kids to Molech. If you are raised that way, to believe that way, you'd think it was normal. Like, well, you know, you read other uh, things about sacrifices to where the sacrificial victims were willing volunteers and like in the aztec world you know they played that uh, that handball game where if you the winners got sacrificed yep yeah i don't remember the name of the game but you know what i'm talking about even in viking history too if they didn't have a suitable animal to sacrifice you know they would ask somebody a, a human somebody to, to sacrifice themselves yeah, yeah, yeah to volunteer for it and and that person would give their life before a war or before some sort of campaign they would give their life as like a a, a gift to the gods i feel like all those instances you guys bring up though are like willing adult or you know uh, young adult decisions where this i mean like when mm-hmm. you hold a baby What's your natural reaction? I see what you're getting at. You know? Yeah. It's, so you're going it against the like, fire. It depends. <laughs> like, am I Sparta? You know? But I Sparta. A baby. Yeah. But if, still. Oh, this one's even, got three legs. Even, see you later. Even then. <laughs> yeah. Even then, they still kept, you know, the good ones around. This was indiscriminate, you know? It was just. It didn't matter. If it, the better the baby, the, you know, the better the sacrifice, the better the crops that year. That, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense for back in that time or even current time if that's still happening today. It makes it makes perfect sense. So basically the shitty babies grew up to continue this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or the the lucky ones? <laughs> you know, I mean, the air quotes. Alistair Crowley. I, I mean You should <laughs> you should start the episode with dry southern blues and then end it with Mr. Crowley. What's right? It's that song at the bottom of this page you're on. Oh, I did see that they had a song on there with dead quotes. <laughs> right there. Dry Southern Blues by Blind Lemon Jefferson. It's actually not a bad song. I'm oh. listening to it right now. <laughs> your Spotify listen of the day, people. <laughs> Feeling in the mood of seducing your man with menstrual blood and urine. There is a commercial opportunity blues. right there. We should do a commercial for these people. <laughs> they have a Facebook page. The man you want doesn't want you. Does he ignore you when you walk by? Well, then call Hoodoo in Theory and Practice by Catherine. We now sell men's old refrigerated tampons for later use. <laughs> nail clippings. Those who say that nail clippings are used for dominating are right up to a certain point. First, let's talk about dominating someone with your stuff. <laughs> let's call down. Notice what and kind talk of dominating that usually is. Not to get your boss to bend over. Not to win in court, not to get lucky gambling numbers and make others lose. Nope. Getting someone to ingest your stuff, your personal concerns, that's used for domination and winning in love. And nails are a personal concern. They can be used like hair, foot skin scrapings, mm. sweat, mm. sexual fluids, yeah, etc. Basically, you put something of yours in their drink. <laughs> As stated above, to put nails in a drink, you'd want... You want your nails filings into dust. Not only big old hunky shards are clipping. <laughs> Why the toenails? 
Oh, thanks, Catherine. Some, thanks for this yeah, coffee here. Get them under your feet so you can walk all over them. And you can use the fingernail filings, too, to hold them for love. Mind you, for love. For love. I mean, I'm that's really, like, I'm not making that up, people. That I read that verbatim. <laughs> I'm really worried about this drink my wife brought me now. Ooh, that the other smell. Way, yeah. Second, the other way to use nail clippings is to harvest them from your lover. In other words, you capture their stuff. Here you do want the shards. I feel the older is- training I learned was to get one from each finger of both hands and one from each toe of both feet. That's twenty little clippings. I'll take some time. It'll take some time. If you suspect your lover is hoodooing you and your lover says, Hey honey, I've got the clippings out, just let me trim your toenails, sweetie. Beware. It's called the old clip clip roofie. All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm just going to sprinkle some nail dust into your coffee. Love me. I want to message this person and talk to them. Well, you uh, you, you should have them as that. a guest. You, I got money that their hair is unwashed and in dreadlock form. You know what? This would be 100%. an interesting one to, yeah, to interview. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. We'll let Devin do it since he's just discovered this world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, the occult. <laughs> I mean, I don't. So that's the thing. Like they, uh, they, I'd probably offend them because I'd be like, "You're full of shit." <laughs> <laughs> Do the spell right now. I don't believe you. Do it right now. Not in I love know, with I'm you. Not, uh, no, I'm not drinking your mess, bro. That's that's not happening. Yeah, I brought you some Starbucks, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. Are there you know, those no clippers in your pocket? <laughs> if you get a bloody nose and she pulls out a happy t- to see me or both. <laughs> yeah, that's what you can do for your Patreon is you could interview people like this and that interview could be part of your VIP experience. Oh, oh wow. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> like, hey, we're, we're for some podcasts. We came across your webpage and we have some developed followers. Just just pretend. Yes. Lie. Just, just pretend can't. to be a, like a future like purchase person or something. <laughs> like, what do you offer? Do you, do you have books on spells? You know? <laughs> It'd be interesting. That'd be good content. Well, uh, have a good night, Phantoms. Good night, Phantoms. Good night, Phantoms. Good night, Phantoms. Nighty? What if they listen during the day? Goodbye, Phantoms. Well, it's, night well, it's eventually yeah. night time. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> Until. Good morning, good yeah. afternoon, good evening. <laughs> there you go. Same Phantom bye. time. Oh, say bye. bye. Same Phantom channel. <laughs> bye. Bye, everybody. Gentlemen, yes, we are doing a story on Elisa Lamb. Boom, boom, boom. Now, do you guys, uh, do you guys know anything about this? Not I, I, I've I saw seen Cecil it in, like, Hotel, haunty, haunty movies or like shows talk about it. You know, like what's up with this girl? Like ten, you know, top ten weird videos, stuff like that. I've seen it before. Okay, that's all you know about her. I don't know like hardly anything. Uh, what would you say, Maverick? I saw Cecil Hotel, or mm. kind of. I watched parts of it. Hmm. Is it a show? 
Yeah, or it's a documentary, like movie, is it movie or show or something? Now, in my defense, I yeah, they came out with it a month ago. Now, I've been doing research on this since December, and I didn't know Netflix was doing it. So, um, this is going to be a lot better than Netflix. I don't recommend watching it while you're eating. Yeah, like at all. That's very true. Um. But I heard a conspiracy theory about that show. You see, the Cecil Hotel, well, we'll get into it. But they're they're rebranding. They've been closed for four years, and they're opening on the 21st, and there's uh, are on uh, this uh, 2021. There's a belief that they paid Netflix to do this so that they could, like, completely rebrand it. Because at the end, Netflix says, uh, Elisa Lamb was probably just murdered. Now, I don't know. I'm going to just present the facts off the off the bat and then we're going to go down a couple of little wormholes that we could explore but at first we we need to get to know who Lisa Lamb was all right and so are you uh, sure it's lamb lamb is it lamb yeah, with an l for sure yeah, yeah. oh yeah it, what else would I'm it be confused. is it elisa lamb or elisa lamb i think it's elisa elisa lamb elisa lamb Elisa, what's her Elisa, Elisa, what, what's her actual like um what what's her nationality okay so she's from canada she's canadian her parents oh, her parents are from hong kong right she's chinese but her her real name yeah. is ho lee or something like that i can't remember something like that yeah, it was, yeah. it's on uh, the wikipedia yeah i got wiki opinion it's lankier i can't read chinese cantonese Cant- lam ho yi that's you a, said that really well thank you Thank you. I uh, probably slaughtered it. <laughs> you impressed me. <laughs> it's definitely Yi. Lam Ho Yi. And that's what we're going to refer her to as. Uh, as Elisa Lam. Yep. That's exact. Yep. yep. That's Lam Ho Yi. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Uh, from Canada. Uh, born April 30th, 1991. Now, she's going to school in British Columbia. She has a sister she's very close with. She's very close with the fam, her family, you know, which is, you know, according to that culture, you know, you, well, you know, you're just very close, especially first generation in Western culture or, yeah, civilization. It was part of her daily routine, they said, to call either her mom or her dad every night. She had her own little blog on the Internet, and she had started uh, saying she was going through some mental issues and she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and they put her on uh, some meds and uh, she documents this all on her blog you know very open about it well her parents knew but they didn't you know it was sort of like almost a sort of a shame thing that you didn't discuss Hmm. she's going to college in british columbia and she's not doing well and she has to drop a bunch of classes and she doesn't think she's going to pass according to her parents she decided to go on a vacation along the west coast of the united states sort of clear her head get a different perspective on the world and as she's traveling down the west coast every night when she stops at a hotel she calls her you know she calls her parents tells her about the day and all that stuff just normal tradition daily routine until January 31st, when she stops at a hotel called the Cecil Hotel. Now, have you guys heard about the Cecil Hotel? I have watched a Netflix documentary. Right. I've heard of it, yes. It's like a shithole. 
Yes. Yeah, it looks right terrible. next to a, what you call Skid Row. <clears throat> Which yeah, I didn't you... realize there was 10,000 homeless people on Skid Row in L.A. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, L.A. A... is bad. Yeah, and if you've ever been there, it's it's crazy because you can go from like the beautiful business areas of downtown L.A. where the sidewalks are well kept, the buildings are beautiful, and you literally go two lights down. And you're in Skid Row where there's human fecal matter everywhere. Yeah. It's it, it's bad. It's just bad. Tent city, uh, homeless people walking all around. Every it, it's it's terrible. It's they, terrible to see it. They said now this is 2013 when this when she checks in right uh, January, yeah. and they said during that time there was a tuberculosis outbreak in Skid Row. Yeah, that just shows you what that kind of wealth was down there. I'm sure that's not the only thing breaking out in Skid Row. <laughs> the hotel is right next to it. The, the Cecil Hotel is right next. To it. Now, this hotel has got a little history behind it. There is believed to be over 80 deaths and suicides associated with the Cecil Hotel since its opening in the uh in the early 1900s how many over 80 <laughs> now according according to the wikipedia site of the cecil hotel it's only 18 first of all there was uh it was sort of like a lot of people said it was like the housing area where like these serial killers would come in and out which is true like there's a there's a couple uh really big serial killers uh w- one was uh call was he what's he uh, Jack Unterweger. Yep, Jack Unterweger, which he was known for uh, strangling prostitutes with their own lingerie in three wow. different countries. Uh, committing kind of like Jack the Ripperish stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. And over, I think they said, or they said, eleven murders, and at least three in L.A. And he was operating out of the Cecil Hotel. There was also the Night Stalker. Which was, uh, I forget, uh, Richard Ramirez. Richard right. Ramirez. Well, that's what the documentary is about, isn't it? Richard Ramirez? So. The Black Dahlia. Now, this is an interesting one. This is like one of the first major ones. Uh, have you guys ever heard of that one? I have, actually. Yeah, We I didn't have. talk about it here, did we? I don't no. think so. Uh-uh. I heard of it. Ooh. I have heard of it, though. There's a that's movie a, about a, it, un- I believe. Yeah, I think so. But it's, well, they, it's, uh, a lot of movies. Yeah, they made a lot of movies, actually, about it. Blue Dahlia, uh, they titled it. Uh, she was yeah. found last seen at the Cecil Hotel. Uh, and then a couple days later found with her uh, body cut in half, completely cut in half. And then her uh, mouth was cut from jawline to jawline. I forget what what Galapagos smile or something like that they call it. One of the most grotesque, you know, early murders in L.A. history. Yeah, Uh, unsolved. And she was known for like, uh, you know, hanging out at bars to get to know producers to try to get into movie films because she wanted to be a movie star. So, you know, it appears like some producer, but she was seen leaving the Cecil Hotel. And there's uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of different suicides that take place there. Uh, one was a suicide where a, uh, a guy jumped out and then hit a uh, walker by as he was walking past uh, the Cecil yeah, Hotel. Yeah, killed that guy too. Killed yeah, and killed both died instantly. <sighs> Damn. One was a woman didn't know she was pregnant and gave birth to a baby and tossed it out the window. 
Oh, damn. What? What? We should do an episode on that. No. <laughs> I have so many questions. Well, we'll, pretty, we'll talk about them now. Ask them. Pretty. I'm just saying, how, how'd she do it? Uh, she opened the window and she threw the baby out with the water. How, how'd she know she wasn't <laughs> pregnant? That's happened. That's happened where some people don't know they're pregnant. This is true. There are cases of yeah. that are like people go to the ER complaining of stomach pain and the doctor's like, oh, ma'am, you're in labor. God. Oh. I would imagine most of these women weigh 300 pounds. But wow. that's what I was getting at. Wow. Really? I was oblivious right, to it. Find me one case where the woman isn't huge. No, you're right, Devin, because I had a buddy that I work with <laughs> that was seeing a girl in Connecticut and everything was fine. They didn't know. They didn't know anything. And then all of a sudden, one day she hits him with a text saying, I just want to let you know I'm like six months pregnant. And he's like, what? I've been with you for four months and you didn't know you were pregnant at all? Like, there, there was no hint or anything? She's like, well, I was sick for the past month every morning. Yeah, that's a lie. That's <laughs> like, a lie. She's six months pregnant. He'd been with she her for four months. Pregnant. and be like, I'm out. She's I'm trying out. to seal that deal up. Yeah, it, it, that, that relationship ended real quick. <laughs> uh, there was the murder of Pigeon Goldie, a sweet old woman whom all the people at the Cecil Hotel loved. And uh, she was known for going on top of the roof and feeding the pigeons and being very protective of them. Until she was found one night stabbed in a hotel room with her head bashed in. Sounds like a horror movie. She was raped too, wasn't she? And that one's unsolved. Also unsolved. Lots and lots of these. Lots of these unsolved. And then you had, you know, these these serial killers were not too long ago. That was in the uh, mid-80s. And uh, the Jack one was uh, 89 through 91. Uh, what was his name? The 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 lingerie guy, Jack Utentaker. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Uten, Utenwager. Do we still have serial killers nowadays, or do they just not care anymore? I think they call them. Uh, uh, was it uh, mentally unstable? Mm-hmm. You know what? That's curious. Or they're just. I don't know. When's the last time we had a serial killer? Well, I know we just had one that they're working on in Colorado. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, the uh, well, the one in Pueblo. Yeah, I hate when people say Pueblo. <laughs> it's so yeah. fucking stupid. We've actually we've had this conversation before, me and uh, Jamal. <laughs> so what do you call a Pueblo? Like, just like nobody in this world says it like that. How, 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 uh, do you, how are you supposed to say it? Pueblo. Pueblo. It's Pueblo. It's Pueblo. I Pueblo. say Pueb. What do I, I say? say yeah. Pueb. That's what I say. Pueblo. 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 No, no. You, no. Pueblo. 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 You call it Pueblo. 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 So according, <laughs> according to the United Never mind, States, anyways. according to the United States database, in 1987 there was 198 separate serial killers active in the United States, compared to only 43 in 2015 and two in 2019, according to the database run by Radford University. And the Florida Gulf Coast University. Hey, we're doing good. is so much better, and they just catch them before it becomes like a – before they stack the bodies up, they're catching them on the first or second one. Right. I think so. Like, think about how much uh, technology and everything has advanced. I mean, you're not getting yeah, yeah. five and six kills before you get caught anymore. Yeah, especially with, like, cell phone tracking and mm-hmm. all Credit that. Credit card tracking. Which you're they say they don't do. But, oh, they do. You know. 
what's interesting is when people hang out with me, they'll start seeing ads for crypto. They'll start seeing ads for NFTs popping up on their stuff. It's kind of funny. Ooh, this so, is it's creepy, but funny. A lot of these murders happen between the 60s and 80s. Yeah. So, interesting little side If note you want to hear a good podcast aside from this one there's no. one called hey, the the fuck. Fuck. serial we don't promote other shows yeah. without getting you know monetizing it well, <laughs> well no maybe you guys should partner with them because Absolutely they just do not. nothing but serial killers we are a just better product wes they're gonna run no. out of they're gonna run out of killers from what i'm hearing yeah. they only got two for 2019 or whatever it is hey there's only five that are alive today Bully. So, yep. Who? Sorry, Wes. I didn't mean to ran your parade. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. I'm just saying. I was trying to, you know, those get more. It's just that those phantom fact pride coming are, through. I like it. Those kind of podcasts are kind of riveting to listen to. And, you know, well, it's just my favorite. Top. I just, I got to say something about this one. This one's great because there's a girl named, oh, I forgot her name, Vanessa. And when they introduce her, they're like, oh, Vanessa is going to talk about the psychological aspect. And she's all like, I'm not a doctor, but I've done a lot of research. <laughs> we we can we can uh, we can understand that point. Uh, here's the thing: I heard a conspiracy theory about this net. Yeah, I told you about it. That it's really just uh, a way to say, oh, it's all it was all just an accident, and there's nothing creepy about the Cecil Hotel, and you can stay here for the cheap price of forty five dollars a night. <laughs> they don't charge by the hour yet. Stop, well, that's, okay. oh, that's where you're going. Okay, we, we went off on tangent. We gotta get back to Elisa Lamb and the facts, right? I forgot that that's what we were doing. That's what we were doing. <laughs> we had to discuss the Cecil Hotel though, because yeah, it is a pivotal landmark. Yeah, you know, she's not just stopping in at just you know some safe little place. It's yeah, I mean, been better this place the hotel has a stay. history. And uh, and and plus, it's not. I mean, even even if you want to take the supernatural out of it, it's just not safe because you're next to a bunch of homeless people that'll stab you or yeah, your own your skid row, like muggings, all kinds of crazy stuffs going down. Well, and you watch a lot of documentaries about people that would spend the night there, and it's like peeling paint, and it's just run down. It was supposed to be a grandiose sort of hotel where Los Angeles uh, they thought the downtown was going to be so that's why it was built there and then Los <laughs> Angeles the mark by a couple blocks yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well and then they yeah. assigned Skid Row there and so it was just doomed from that point on here's a fun fact before we move on do you know why the Moto 6 and like Super 8 are called those why because back in the day Motel 6 a room cost you 6 bucks and Super 8, it's eight bucks for a room for the night. Really? Yeah. My dad was a kid. He said it was $6 to stay at the Motel 6 and eight bucks to stay at the Super 8. That's where they got their names. Now it's the Super 109. <laughs> 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 what are they charging in Motel 6? I think it depends what town you're in, but it don't matter. But that's just a little fun fact. You know, yeah. keep the facts rolling on Panic like Facts. It. like it. Very nice. Uh, and also, big perk, not haunted. Yeah, the beds suck, and your TV's <laughs> probably going to be bolted to the dresser, so you're not going to be able to turn it without turning the whole dresser, but it's cheap. <laughs> well, <laughs> cheap for a reason. Um, Is the remote on a piece of 2 by 4 Yes. 
<laughs> and don't mind your feet sticking to the carpet. It's not. Uh. <laughs> uh, you don't go. I, I go. Fuck it. I take my socks right off. The more germs, the better. Builds up your immune system. <laughs> you bring bed bugs home with those. Mm. No, I can't get COVID. I've stayed in Super 8s and Motel 6s. I'm good. <laughs> Elisa That's Lamb. A new meme. Elisa Lamb. Can we get back to Elisa? Yes, yes, sorry. I got a lot of notes here to go through. So I think we all established CISA Hotel got issues. Now, I watched a bunch of YouTube documentaries about it. So, you know, I'm well versed in the knowledge of the CISA Hotel. But uh, there was one guy I came across in particular, and he lived right across from it. And so he would do like, um, he was, he, he, his YouTube show was something else, but people kept asking him to do a thing on the Cecil Hotel. And he, you know, everyone reports like these, he, he reported he saw a guy smoking a cigar out the fourth story window after the building had been closed for four years. No lights on. And uh, the guy made eye contact with him and followed him to the other side of his apartment. And then once he looked back, because he was sort of spooked, the guy disappeared. Now, it's, it's a great story. But it sort of describes the eeriness behind it. And there's a reason for that, too. But we'll get back to that uh, later. Elisa Lamb. What was she doing? So uh, the last day... The last person that made contact with her was a bookstore down the road called Last Bookstore. And I have a link there to uh, the Last Bookstore in the show notes. Uh, LastBookstoreLA.com. Uh, I had it up here somewhere. Oh, it, it's creepy. Yeah, this, yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, the last bookstore, uh, they, they interviewed the lady and she said that when she saw Eliza Lamb that day on January 31st, uh, she was very chipper. She was, uh, buying books and some music and she was worried that she wasn't going to be able to carry it all. It might be too heavy for her. And she was sending it back to her family back in Canada. Not someone that seems like they're wanting to commit suicide, right? Yes. Yeah, I would say. But sometimes they give off that persona, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's true, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's the last person that saw Lysa Lamb alive. Now, after that... Maybe it was the bookkeeper. was the bookkeeper. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a minute. Because there's something uh, eerie about that. But anyway, um, she doesn't call her parents January 31st. After a few days, her parents get worried. They contact the LAPD. After a week, they post a picture of her on social media. Uh, And then after two weeks, they post the last known footage of Elisa Lamb, which is in an elevator. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, it's it's terrifying. Monty, have you ever seen that video? The uh, one of her on in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I haven't watched it thoroughly. No, no, it's really creepy. It, was, it looks like she's like talking to someone, or she's like hiding. She's like in and out, in and out. And I'm, I'm when I watched it, I was like, pull it up on a YouTube elevator Monty. door. Why? Why isn't it closing? You know, she's like that. 
It's really eerie. Because every time I come across that, it's like 11 o'clock at night or something when I'm looking at it. And that's the last thing I want to watch at that hour. Uh, right. It's you like, your, oh, my God, uh, something's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Jump there's scare no, or something. There's no jump scare. No. Yeah. You uh, pull up your uh, YouTube and let's, let's watch it real quick. Also, I want to ask, wasn't she staying with friends and then... Okay, so they this said is, she was acting yeah, weird. Like she wasn't staying with friends. friends. Uh, they assigned her roommates because some of the rooms had a couple of beds, and then they, you could split the room. But uh, her roommate oh, said, that "How she, weird and creepy, right?" That's how you can. This, so it's a hostile, host, hostile, yeah, hostile. Yep. And uh, they complained that she was acting erratic, and um, what? And then. Uh, because if after that complaint, the they moved like, her up a floor. Crazy. Yeah, that says a lot when you say someone's erratic on a hostel on Skid Row. Yeah. <laughs> what are is you, with this? Are you watching this video? Yeah, I'm watching this video. She so she walks into the elevator, pushes a button, it doesn't close, and then she like pokes her head out one time, two times, and then she hides in the corner. The elevator door is still open. Yep. She hits close. every button, including the door yeah, open, which keeps it open for like three minute minutes. Video, and then she's like in and out of the elevator. Yeah. What is she looking Dives for? Dives in and out, and then she's like hiding in the corner. Yeah. Well, some say it could be like schizophrenia when that someone's out there, but I don't think so. She Why does that door never close? Because she, she hit the button. The, she pushed all the buttons, and when, like Wes was saying, when you push, when you push the uh, open door button, it stays open for a long time. If you close the hodo button, what is she doing? She's like waving her hands to the right, but she's outside of the elevator. She, has, she like jumps when she gets out there. It's like she's talking, like you said, schizophrenia. It's like she's talking. She doesn't to have schizophrenia. She doesn't. No. She Not that they knew of. But yeah, it's weird. Oh, she was what? probably on like PCP or something. No, yeah, uh, she doesn't have the history of it. Toxicology like report so- come back, and she had uh, no no drugs in her system at all, and a very 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 small amount of. Alcohol, like point oh 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 two or something like that. The elevator doesn't close until like two minutes and fifty six seconds. So there she goes. Uh, we've we've established what happened. <laughs> oh, well, we're describing uh, it. Describing it. First, first time. Uh, this is really good reaction about stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> Think about all our listeners watching it. First time. <laughs> right. Mati should uh, be on more often. <laughs> oh. You gotta get that California dig on <laughs> the waving the hands part. What's up with that? I don't know. Yeah, I it's feel just weird, eerie to watch. Yes, it this is. is. Last time just, anybody's opening and closing by itself now, like there's some sort of air. What? It's like well, the crazy parts where they find her, which I think is weird. Well, we're, we're going to get to that. Yep, because after this, this is the last known footage. After this, yeah. she's gone for three weeks, and uh, and. Uh, after three weeks, hotel guests start complaining that their water pressure is low in their sinks and that the water tastes funky. Ugh, that's the worst part. Oh, God. Sort of a brownish some of the, color. Some of, the, some of the guests would say the water would come out black, but then it would clear up, but tasted and smelled weird. There was one guy on the Netflix documentary that just talked. Like, I think he kept drinking the water. He said there's something off about it. <laughs> <laughs> just kept pouring himself a cup. 
You know, something's Ugh. not right about this. Let me get another cup. Maybe it'll change. Nope, still tastes the same. Brushing your teeth with water. So anyway, uh, they call the maintenance guy, and he goes up there and um, uh, goes up to the roof. Now, in, in this uh, hotel, they have water tanks that sit on top of the hotel and supply the water. So he goes up to the very top of the hotel onto the roof, and these water tanks are about, I don't know how, you've seen the videos, uh, guys. They're like about, 10 feet? Yeah, about 10 they're, foot up there. They're large. Yeah, and there's four of them. Yeah. They have them so that they can just store water up top in it and just from gravity feed. That's how they get all the water pressure. Yep. Without having to run booster pumps. And, uh, and so they get a ladder and they climb up because something's obviously clogging it. And when they <laughs> open the hatch up, there is Elisa Lamb's body. She is completely naked with her clothes off to the side, covered in a sandy particulate, which I kept popping up. And yeah, it kept coming up and up in my research. Just this, this, this particulate stuff, like her, her clothes were covered in it. And, uh, that's it. That's the story of Elisa Lamb. How's that the story? Like they just found her there. That's it. No, no, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what happened. They uh, they had dogs sniffer trail that went to the fire escape, but then they lost the trail. Oh, so they're saying because I was watching one other thing and said there's only like a couple ways to get to the roof. You couldn't get it get to it from the inside. You could get to it from a fire escape on the outside. Two different ones, I believe. Here's the problem. Uh, A couple weird things about this story that uh, uh, how did she get up there? First of all, uh, not to the roof, but how did she get into the water tank? I think it has a ladder on the side. There's a ladder on the side. The ladders are there's a movable ladder. Yeah, it looks like it's four big tanks. They probably compared to the guys, the firefighters standing next to them. They're probably eight foot, ten foot high. It looks Mm -hmm. like those tanks and probably six foot wide. Oh, my dog just licked me and scared the shit out of me. (laughs) 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 Fuck. (laughs) So, this is what happened. I'm about to solve it for everyone. She was running or trying to hide from an imaginary figure that was trying to get to her. She made her way to the rooftop after the elevator. Went in a water tank to hide. Could not get back out because was not strong enough to pull herself out. Eventually got too tired to stay afloat, drowned, died. Because if you look at Wikipedia, investigators (laughs) and experts have, however, noted that concentration of her prescription drugs in her system indicated that she was under medicating or had stopped taking her medications recently. There's an argument to that toxicology report, though, because her water had been steeped for three weeks so with and it still shows on? it still shows the medication in her system even after that yeah well you okay. can't prove i'm wrong so <laughs> i can't it's a toxicology part go to the show notes <laughs> i do kind of agree with that she got in the tank to hide i, I I've, I've thought that personally so well. you think that uh you think that someone just took the ladder from from her because ladders aren't attached to those it's uh Are you, i'm trying to find them picture of it well if you get in those tanks are deep i mean you're no. not going to be able to there are, there are ladders so there's a show called um um how to get away with murder in like the first episode some girl gets found dead in the water tank and it was nuts because we watched we started watching the show right after cecil hotel 
And there was ladders. Second yeah, but I'm looking at these photos and I don't there's, see there's any a... ladders that lead directly up. Yeah, there is tanks. Where are these pictures? There's a fire escape right I, there in the front. So I googled the fire escape googled doesn't Elisa take you up to the Lamb water death tank. photo, and you'll see these tanks, but I don't see there. There's yeah, like yeah, a, you, a you little jump step down. ladder. There's a, there's a ladder that gets into the top of the the extra part of the rooftop, and then you can jump down from there. Okay, I yeah. I'm just saying. I think she crawled in the tank too on purpose. And when she got inside, the tank's too deep where she couldn't just touch. So she's just trying to, she just drowned Wait, because she couldn't get out. water for too long and just got weak. Yeah, because like, yeah, there's definitely no ladders leading up to the tank. Close yeah. Later down. Yeah. Well, that's why so, she took her clothes off because we talked about this in another episode, how much of a pain in the ass it is to tread water with clothes on. Something weird with the uh, the particulate found on her clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, now these are water. Now, now, you've seen water tanks, though, like the inside of your hot water. I mean, it gets a little film of stuff, but I don't know what kind of particulates it is, though. So. It was yeah, sediment foreign. in the bottom. It was foreign to the water tank, at least. Um, really? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, she definitely jumped down from up there. She had to jump down from that ledge right there onto the top of the tank, open the lid to the tank, which I'm surprised in California was not locked or secured in any matter at all. Now, they, they said that it uh, the fireman had a hard time opening the lid to the tank. So I, I don't know. Hmm. It would uh, seem hard someone her stature, how, her build to be able yeah, to do I'm not that. Saying, all I'm not own. saying she I mean, I, I, could, I could see both ways. I just think that's a weird place to start a body, but I guess yeah, they, they didn't find it for three weeks. So, what was there any sign of her trying to get out or scratching or anything? No, nope. in a metal tank, no way. Was there any sign on her body of like forced trauma to her body? No, she had no uh, signs. Was, of they said there was pooling of blood in her uh, anal cavity. Mm-hmm. In her in, yeah, in her anal cavity. So that was okay. the only type of sign. Really? There, there was no, like, blood force trauma to her torso or nope. head or anything, nope. like, pre-death? Nope. Just in wow. the tank. I'm going to tell a creepy story. And the reason why it's creepy is just because it's kind of a dick thing to do and not something I normally would do. We caught a fucking mouse in a fucking five-gallon bucket. Right. At, at work. Was it a Yeti? <laughs> it was not a Yeti. I didn't. Yeti makes buckets? We, we had this conversation. I know, but it wasn't recorded. <laughs> oh. See, yeah, oh, yeah. setting it up, nice yeah. little ball. Uh, you know, yeah, F- uh, listen to the uh, to come in and tell their story about how great a Yeti bucket is. They are, they're great. I don't know if you ever have the available <laughs> funds to buy an eighty-five dollar five-gallon bucket from Yeti. No, I um, stole mine from Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> that is Devin Delap, Devin Delap? Is at Home Depot. <laughs> well, well, I, did I say steal? Uh, no, I bought them five bucks each. I, I, or something. Five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> They leave tape measures laying around all the time, too. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Go back to your creepy story. Yes. <laughs> An $85 bucket is the greatest bucket you've ever owned in your life. 110%. I would. It's the it, every dollar of that Wait, $85 you, you own a, is you, worth it for that bucket. No, you own a Yeti bucket. I do. And the oh, lid. God, is, damn it. Is Yeti stamped into the side? Wow. Yeah, it's not stamped. It's molded. I that's what I meant. That's, that's what I meant when I meant it, it is molded. That's how you know it's the quality side, there. Into the lid, 
and it's it's beautiful. What's Does the it point give of the your bucket? shit fresh? Well, I bought the bucket disposal? to go dove hunting actually with, but you can fill it with ice and beer, and it'll keep your beers cold in uh, like ninety degree weather all day. All the cooler, bud. We are not sponsored by <laughs> Yeti, cool. but we could be. Uh, not I, for I, I, not for eighty five dollars a bucket. They can go anyway, fuck themselves. Back to my, my terrible story. Oh yes, sorry, sorry. We caught a mouse. There's a mouse in the bucket. So instead of like you know walking back out to the field, letting the mouse go, my buddy's standing there with a garden hose. He just starts filling the bucket up. I'm like, what are you gonna do? He's like, I'm gonna drown this motherfucker. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. So I'm just kind of standing there watching, and it gets to where the mouse can't touch anymore. And I was surprised how quick this mouse gave up on life. <laughs> He like, like tries to scamper around and he swims for like, I don't know, I don't even think it was a minute. And then all of a sudden just bump, drowns. I see him suck in like three solid breaths of water and just gone. Just little bubbles rise to the top. Yeah. Dead Your as fuck. friend. Phantom facts. Psychotic. I'm just saying. That's actually. I felt terrible watching it. and then I Did you? That's... But I didn't pull the mouse out and give him CPR either. I'm like, well. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" There's this actually is like straight out of a Dexter episode. Yeah, you... I felt like a dick, and I wasn't Daddy the one holding clothes or anything, but I felt like an accomplice because I witnessed it. You, you know, know what you you know what they do back <laughs> I didn't home? Kick the bucket over. Like Here, back home, <laughs> what they do is they get a five gallon bucket, they fill it up with water. Well, ha- about halfway I've with seen water. These videos, I've right? Seen and they yeah. put the balloon in there. Who does? You put a balloon in there, and then you fill the outside all with sort of like, you know, cat food or whatever, and then they come, and then their claws pop the balloon, and then they drop down into the bucket. Yeah, but I've seen I've seen other ones where it's not even a balloon. They just, like, go in there, but they can't get out. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? They spread the black but, plague, all right? Is, so they fucked us. Years ago, they fucked they, us. Whether they fucking, she climbed into the tank or was put in there, she... Eventually, he's going to not be able to. Yeah, after three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's yep. a, that's a long time. Yeah, especially so, in the heat. Maybe, well, maybe someone left it open. A lot of ifs, man, mm. for a, a definitive there, answer. Just saying. Are there yeah. any good conspiracy theories? What like, I feel like this. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Show, yeah. No, the the show I was like, lying. Wow, <laughs> I was lying. That's not the end of the story. Uh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is all more right. disappointing. First of all. Going to China over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Remember that? Uh, remember that I had you all look at that website of the last bookstore? Yep. All right. So here's some creepy stuff uh, that are either coincidences or I don't know. Uh, the first one is if you go to that uh, bookstore website and you copy the url which is lastbookstorela.com and then you do a domain search and, and there's two links right next to each other there's lastbookstorela.com and then right next to it is the who is you see that in the show notes oh yeah that's how you can find people find their domain information right yeah okay so here's a fun little exercise so uh you guys on the who is website I was. Okay. Uh, I need a second. Go back to the who is. Okay, I got it. 
Okay, and now uh, I've already done the work for you, but if you go to a reverse domain search, this is what pops up for the last bookstore, la.com. The last part, the last place Eliza Lamb was seen and talked to. Now, you can go and see where this domain name was uh, regist- registrant contact, under registrant contact. You see where it says postal code? Yep. All right, mm-hmm. it's V5G4S2. Yeah. All right, now go to Google Maps. V5G4S2. That's the zip code of the last bookstore, LA.com. Now put it in Google Maps and hit enter. V5G4S2. It's not just in Canada. I don't want to be that guy. Don't be that guy until I do this, and then you can be that guy. Um, if If you type that in, V5G4S2, yeah. What it pops up is the Forest Lawn Memorial Park where Lisa Lamb is buried. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, that, that, that is weird. Well, no, it's just because that's in the center of British Columbia. The, the cemetery? Yeah, or up, huh. up there. I don't know. Definitely not the middle. Be- yeah. That is. <laughs> Vancouver, man. It's almost in America. That is. Forest Lawn Memorial Park, where she's buried. Could you could argue it's the middle of Vancouver, ish. I'm zooming out, but that is creepy. That is creepy. You're right, but Forest is it creepy? Funeral home. It's really close. Well, the PO box is three o blo- three blocks away. Now, explain this to me, Wes, because you're a tech guy. That this technical contact is not actually the bookstores. You can. You can hide your information through your provider, and it looks like she uses or they use Wix. So this is just where a random a random spot, right? Yeah, or not maybe wherever that this company is based out of that protects it. Because you can go to phantomfacts.com. Is it going to post like, where I'm buried, Wes? Because that's what this does. <laughs> you will be buried in... This is a fun game, kids. <laughs> ah, Burlington, Massachusetts. Does that anyone else find it... Cr- like, whoa. Anyone else find it creepy? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I know, no, right? That is pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's creepy, right? I mean, I understand that it's just sort of scrambled or whatever. They, it's a middleman. But nonetheless, the postal code, when you type it in, the red dot goes exactly over the funeral home where she was buried. That's that is that's pretty creepy. What? There's some uh gets better. So what's the conspiracy theory? Well, no, I'm just going over weird facts about this right now because oh. like i feel like it's not just like the murders weird and the elevator footage weird there's a lot of weird attached to elisa lamb the fact that the last person that sees her alive is this bookstore and they're uh registered in the postal's code where exactly over the area where she's buried the p.o box if you type in the p.o box is three blocks away from the funeral home in british columbia uh, you've got all the murders that have taken place in Cecil Hotel, the recording of hauntings that have taken place since the 1920s. And then on top of this, uh, uh, you've got, uh, there's a, let's see, there's this link here of 
uh, a couple of different theories that, and these are just, like I said, these are just, just some theories, but they're odd coincidences. For example, remember I said about the tuberculosis outbreak yeah. on Skid mm-hmm. Row that uh, started uh, uh, right after she was there? Well, in order to test for TB, and I confirm this with Dr. Dave, uh, in order to uh, test for TB, they use a uh, certain, it's an enzyme-linked immune sorbent assay, also known as LAM ELISA, for short. No way. Who is this woman? What? And they were testing this. Uh, um, you're going to like this, Devin. Uh, they were testing a new version of this in 2013 on Skid Row, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, I knew Bill Gates did it. <laughs> guess what else is close to where she died? What? Microsoft. Oh, what? Microsoft about three hours away from where she or from where she's buried. Mm hmm. I'm getting married only 54 minutes away from there. Oh, wow. Way to Where give it was out. I Way in 1990, whatever. So what's the conspiracy? The, the There's a whole wormhole that purpose? she was a test subject sent there to uh, in fact, spread it and, and spread it and that they picked it with her name so that whenever you search for the drug test, all, you're just going to be flooded with Elisa Lamb news articles and not anything about the the test that was done on the uh, I forget what uh, what it was called, but the for the Lamb Elisa, which is what? true. You can't you, you it takes forever to find anything on it. Whoa! Where how did you find out about that's it? Because I do research here at Phantom Facts. I wish you would have told me this before the podcast because this is a lot more interesting. I, I wanted crazy. I wanted your natural reaction. Uh, yeah. Did all the people in the hotel end up getting hurt TB? I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm probably just the homeless people. I mean, they said it was water. rampant. I'm just in saying. Skid Row and, t- and tuberculosis. I mean, I think that's pretty. It spreads pretty easy, doesn't it? Was yeah, it rampant before she got there or after? It was a month after she uh, died, or a month after. Think, yeah, a month after she died, it broke out in like uh, February. Oh man, Bill Gates, you're an asshole. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, I love Xbox. Don't take that from me. Don't take it from me. Yes, it's caused uh, by bacteria. It usually attacks the lungs. All right. So the Lamelisa, the zip code, those things are actual facts. Um. So the bookstore was her handler. Well, I'm. Here's the thing. You guys remember our friend Jolly West? Mm-hmm. Oh. Guess where he was the director of psychology at from uh, the late '60s through the uh, through '89. University of British Columbia. University of California, Los Angeles. Oh my God! What? Bum bum bum. And where does Jolly West? like to test on people wow why we got to bring it jolly west saying, in la now fucking people up he, 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 he was west. the director of this psychology from 69 to 89 well you know there's at ucla a lot, of, a lot of skid row and you know a lot of skid row and homeless people have mental issues well and i'm sure 
if you wanted to go somewhere and pluck people off that had no one to defend them, LA is the perfect place to do it at, you know, all these aspiring actresses and stuff. I mean, you look at, here's the thing. You look at the Ramirez serial killer, Richard Ramirez, the night stalker. I mean, those things seem like they fit into the profile of a Jolly West person. I mean, like close, close, brutal murders, tire irons he used on people's. He stomped an elderly woman's head in. No remorse. Um, and then uh, on the day they uh, said life in prison, he hung himself. Check this out, bud. What? I Googled how long does it take for symptoms to take for TB to show? Most yep. people infected with the germ cause TB never develop TB disease. If TB disease does develop, it can it can take uh, become positive within four to ten weeks after exposure. One month. <laughs> wow. And this but was I, only like eight years ago. That's that's what the yeah. trippy part is. But I looked up the I looked up the test and it shows the test will show whether you're positive or negative within two to three days. You're supposed to go back to your healthcare provider. Yeah, but if they didn't know to test for it, the symptoms don't show until four weeks. Well, if yeah, you I mean, needed like, who a who big tuberculosis right away these days, Microsoft. That's true. <laughs> oh, Have man. you ever been to the TB huts at UCCS here in the Springs? No, I try to stay away from TB. Yeah, I'd rather not. So, University of Colorado, Colorado and Colorado Springs used to be a tuberculosis hospital. I heard about that. Yeah, and if you go behind like the the old or the main main hall, there's these huts that they used to put people in. They're boarded up, but it's there's a couple that are open. It's pretty creepy. The <laughs> you know, uh, yes. Yeah, ask those questions, it gives you other questions people have asked. And one, one of them is, uh, can I marry a girl with TB? <laughs> can you? Well, I'm sure it's yes. Well, what's the answer? I'm actually... Well, there's no law that says you're a friend. Sorry, Elizabeth. I'm out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, what does it say? For example, if due to TB, length, a woman's marriage to her cousin does not go ahead. What the fuck? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why does a cousin have anything to do with it? Can I marry a girl with TB? It asks. And it says, for example, if due to TB and its lengthy treatment, a woman's marriage to her cousin does not go ahead and then is not her last opportunity to marry if she has many other as yet unmarried cousins to marry once she is in good health again. What the fuck is that? That's from loan.org. <laughs> Wow, that's got to be like the oldest article ever. No, this is November 30th, 2018. Oh, oh. damn. Um, uh, I mean, there's a couple other theories out there. Have you ever heard of the Korean elevator game? No. Mm -mm. Okay, so you know how she presses all the buttons? Yeah. On the elevator? Well, not all of them. Uh, it's believed that she pressed... Let me uh, hold up. There has been uh, internet internet uh sluice out there that uh, so this game started out uh before her death called the korean elevator game and what uh, there's rules for it right so first of all you got to find a building at least 10 stories high with an elevator uh and then uh only you can enter into the elevator by yourself do not continue this 
if anyone else steps into the elevator with you. Now, once you get into the elevator, you press the fourth floor. When the elevator reaches the fourth floor, you do not get out. You remain on the elevator and press the button to the second floor and then to the sixth and then to the second and then to the tenth. Now, when you get to the tenth floor, you remain in the elevator and go to back to the fifth floor and a young woman will enter into the elevator. Do not look at her. Do not speak to her. She is not what she seems. And then you press the button for the first floor and the elevator will go all the way up to the 10th floor and you will enter into the other world. What? Now, if you make eye contact with the young woman or speak to her, she may decide to keep you for her own. So they, there's, there's a belief there that she was trying to reenact this and she, uh, talks to the little girl when she's out there waving her arms and then yeah oh shit i could see that (sighs) how okay i can get behind that one no 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 no. the one you have to get behind and i can't believe you haven't brought it don't don't brute no i'm getting to it i'm getting to it okay i'm getting to a word because this just blew my fucking mind i'm getting to it um so anyway there's that there's that theory Here's my favorite theory. <laughs> the giggle. Uh, did you know every time. Did you know that the CISA Hotel has a twin? Does it now? It no, does. Did you know that, Devin? The CISA Hotel no, I did not. The CISA Hotel has a twin that was built in London in the early 1800s. Really? Yeah. Uh it turns out that the owner, the the Cecil family, uh, they were a high-ranking hierarchy in the British Empire and a lot of money. Uh, and uh, they built this hotel, and uh, it just so happens that they initiated Aleister Crowley into the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn inside the Cecil Hotel in London. Wow. Oh. I like it when we tie into older episodes. <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense why you brought her up during the Crowley episode. Well, yes, this is the wormhole I went down, right? Because I think this is this is just great. Uh, <laughs> because Aleister Crowley uh, stayed there, and I think it was uh, 1889, or no, 18 during his Cambridge years when he was first introduced into the Hermetic Order. And he wrote, uh, you know, he was a poem, poet, right? And he, yes. he wrote... He wrote pornographic po- uh, poetry. Sometimes, yeah. It's called art. <laughs> <laughs> Wes is in the corner reading some Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a poem inside the uh, Cecil Hotel called Jephtha. Now, Jephtha is an actual uh, uh, story in biblical times about a general early in Israel, when it was just becoming a nation, they had judges that ruled over the land people. They, uh, people they made, you know, in power that were like, you know, just smart warriors and shit. And, uh, one of the guy's name was Jephthah and he, uh, led the Israel army and defeated 42,000 Ammonites. And, uh, he, he praised God for his victory. And he said that, uh, 
before going into battle that if he won, he would sacrifice whoever came out to meet him first on his return to, uh, to, to the uh, high God. And uh, after defeating the nation, as he comes back, the first person to come out to greet him is none other than Jephthah's daughter. And guess who the main God of the Ammonites was? I'm going to go on a limb. Moloch. Moloch. Oh, the bull, the bastard bull. <laughs> so he sacrifices her to Moloch. And Alistair Crowley writes a poem about this sacrifice while at the Cecil Hotel. Documented. This is, I mean, this isn't like, you know, hearsay or anything. It was an actual poem he wrote. And then uh, years later, when he tries to make contact uh, with uh, with the uh, uh, main demon, uh, a messenger comes to him by the name of Lamb, L-A-M. What? What? The what? Hell, man? No. You're officially creeping me out. This, <laughs> this is nuts. Oh, it gets better. Uh, Jephthah's daughter, her name? Her name is Sela. Celia. 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 Which, uh, if rearranged, could be made into Elisa. <laughs> okay. This is nuts. Like, wow. Maybe Bill Gates isn't an asshole after all. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Bill Gates oh, is part of it. Allegedly. Don't, don't, don't. Have you ever seen that video where he gets a fucking pie in the face? <laughs> Does he short circuit? Oh. Oh, that guy clocks him. <laughs> no. That's awesome. Uh, so there's a little twist for you. That's nuts. Oh, now, here's, here's my issue. The Cecil Hotel in London, they built a Masonic Lodge where they would held these uh, uh, rituals inside the hotel. And then later on, 20 years later, they decide they're going to build out in L.A., the same people. You don't think that the same people that introduced Crowley into the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and got him all off on this sex magic tangent wouldn't carry that over to their new place in L.A.? I would think they would consider it sort of like a opening up a, a second franchise. Well, what if that was the say opening up? I was going to say opening up another franchise, like you said, in America. Exactly. What if that was their portal, though, from the London to America? Was this like Doctor Strange shit? I mean, I mean, there was talk of that. I didn't want to bring it up. But yeah, there was talk of that. There's talk of it being like a portal access. I don't know about that. I just think that the fact there's here's the facts. The Cecil Hotel had a twin twin sister in London where Alison Crowley. That was resided before it was. Yeah. Yeah, that re- resided in it and was uh, introduced in, and and initiated into the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn while there at the Cecil Hotel and proceeded to write a poem about uh, a, uh, a account where there was a sacrifice of a, a daughter uh, to the god Moloch. Wow. And then you have the Black Dahlia incident. I mean, you, you, you have the Lisa Lamb. 
And I mean, like the least lamb. And then he like the, per, you know, sick was it? Uh, we're talking 40 years before that. He's visited by a lamb. Jephthah's daughter is an, you know, what do they call that when it's all scrambled up? The words, if you unscramble them. Oh, bananagram. No. <laughs> it's a brain teaser, what they call those. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's an actual word for it, though. I can't remember what it's called. Anagram. Gram. Anagram, right? Is that what it is? Anagram. Yeah, we literally just read that. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Celia was. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding this in all day. I've been holding it in all day. I couldn't wait to get to this because I've been, there was a tweet by Tila Tequila, who won't respond to my calls, which I can't believe that. Um, (laughs) Tila, come on. Come on, Tila. You know about this. You know about it. Uh, And she linked uh, this uh, Elisa lamb murder to a spiritualistic killing under the sex magic. So that's, that's, you know, was part of, my, I was researching something else and I came across that. And so I started going down this wormhole. And then when I started doing research on YouTube, I realized YouTube came out with a video <laughs> a fucking month ago. But they didn't talk about this, did they? Wow. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? What happened to Tila Tequila? Disappeared. Yeah, I, this is nuts. The, uh, the Bill Gates part and TB makes a lot of sense. And it's not uncommon for the government to do that. Um, they've, they, governments yeah, they've, never been hid, they've been busted. They've never it. hid test things from us. <laughs> <laughs> Tuskegee. <laughs> that one was a bad one. But here's the yeah. thing. I mean, you could associate some of... Uh, associates of that organization uh, to other associates that practice Aleister Crowley's creed. Hollywood. In the heart of it. Right. Fuck you, Tom Hanks. Rewatch that video with that now in knowledge and tell me if you're not just a little bit more creeped out. What if she was going to expose them? What was her reasons for being in L.A. anyway? Wanted to clear her mind. Bad grades. Yeah, she was going on vacation. But who goes from British Columbia to Skid Row? Well, she went and she went down the West Coast. It wasn't just straight to L.A. You know, she made stops in uh, Oregon and uh, other parts. But, you know, I I can see that 21 years old, probably not a lot of money uh, looking online. And you find Cecil Hotel for 40 bucks, you know, on a night, which is probably dirt cheap in the heart, pretty close to the heart of L.A. I mean, the Internet was still pretty good back then. I mean, you could you could look up reviews. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, but I you're guess 21, you didn't care. You know? Yeah, you're just looking for the cheapest thing out there. Yeah, maybe she was tired. <laughs> well, they st- Cecil Hotel still managed to have a two and a half stars. Wow. 3.1 on Google. <laughs> they force all their employees to. Because <laughs> no one survives to fucking come out and leave a shitty review. <laughs> she, uh, area, she, here's yeah. one review area around sink dirty. <laughs> the water tastes bad. 
still. When was it? Yeah, I was just gonna say. Uh, when I'm, is that I'm, I'm gonna from? look at when that came from because so Cecil Hotel closed in 2017. I don't think it's called Cecil Hotel anymore. No, they've though. changed oh, it. Oh no, it's like yeah, they re- they've rebranded it. It's called Mainstay. Stay on Main Hotel. Yep. Three point one reviews. Stay on Skid Row. Allegedly. Yeah. Just kidding. I'm sure, it's a great place. Stay on Maine. Let's go to. So, would anybody stay there? Would any of you three stay there? No, no. Nope. I nope. stayed in the sketchy, like Super Eight in uh, Billings, Montana, and even that was too bad for me. I don't know I don't, how I've sketchy you can... in LA. I've always either see either Anaheim, which is uh, mm-hmm. you know Orange County ish, and it's that's actually not too shabby, like LA sketch. I've been there once I said Holiday Inn, but work paid for it. So it's considered a landmark building, the Cecil Hotel. Or the is it? Yep. Occupying like a landmark building. They can't... This vibrant hotel is <laughs> 0.9 miles away from the Muse- Museum of Contemporary Arts and one mile away from LA Live Entertainment Complex. <laughs> so maybe that's why she was there. You know, it's a center location in LA. Maybe she was into art and, uh, live entertainment in LA and that just was the best spot for it. Well, all. and she had also started a Tumblr account for fashion with her sister earlier that month. Now, here's my thing, like it's not suicide cuz you don't start something like that and then off yourself. But the creepy thing is is that it still posts posts to this day. Mhm. Wow. But that's just because of the settings. I wanted to make that creepier than it actually is. Just I'm trying to find reviews from when would that have been that she died? 2013. How many February, years? January seven, 23rd and February 1st. Eight years ago, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you're looking for a review from back then? Like, yeah, I, look, can, I can find like you seven You want to read a review about how someone's bitching about the water? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a review from three months ago. Stood here back in 2013, didn't even know the history, and that it was a Cecil Hotel. Got some eerie vibes while staying there. Staff was great. Seemed staff was great. Room seemed to be nice with no problems. Didn't didn't know it was closed until now, but I didn't mind staying there. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a nicer hotel. They no, give it a bad Four out of spot. five. A journalist who stayed there described it this way. The Cecil will reveal to you whatever it is you're a fugitive from. Ooh. Wow. That's that's trippy. And and, and think about it. It's a historical landmark, so they can't tear it down, right? But maybe Mm -hmm. they can't tear down the the twin sister of the Hermetic (laughs) Order of the Gold. You know, maybe there's high-end officials that made it that way. I just wish... I just wish there was more to her murder. I just find that it's so hard that the last thing we see of her is her in the elevator. That's why it's two, one of the top mystery government like, videos. Yeah, I just, man. It's, it's crazy. Can we, can we point out this guy named Ajay Shastri? Is a level seven local guide on Google reviews. <laughs> has three hundred and eighty eight reviews written. Over three hundred ninety three thousand people have seen his stuff, and he puts a year ago one of the nicest hotel in L.A. It was closed. <laughs> 
Hey, well, you could book it between $21 and $53 a night. Yeah, you can do that all the way till the end, and then it airs out in the message. Out of all of the hotels in L.A., <laughs> this is one of the nicest. Yeah. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> I just I, – I wish I was the person that received their landmark – like application to be known oh as a landmark. God. Like, um, what do you have to offer? We've had over 80 deaths. I misspoke on that too. That was the interview with the former manager that ran the hotel. And she said between 2007 and 2017, there were over 80 deaths. So I misspoke, wow. not over the history of the hotel over her span of 10 years working at the CISA hotel. <laughs> I landmark material right there. <laughs> I googled images of the Cecil Hotel inside in these rooms. Just these rooms alone, I nope. I'd be checked out a hundred percent. I'd open the door and be out. Like this looks like some serial killer or schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. It, it looks like where people go to die. Are you calling a Jay Shastri a liar? <laughs> yep, hundred percent. Have you ever seen that video of like that ghost? <clears throat> where there was screaming coming from a room and a security guy goes to like check it and you can see like a apparition freaking come out of the room and run down the hallway. No. You guys ever seen that video? No, and I don't want to. I was wondering if it was he's a hotel or not. I like, have guess seen we're complaining. Guess we're complaining of like screams coming from this room. And one of the maintenance guys is like, I'm gonna open it up. And they're like, Well, you should probably wait till the cops show up. And then like they're screaming like while the guy's standing there. And so he opens the door, and when he goes in, he said that chairs and some of the stuff have been thrown. But when he walks in, you see him go in, and then you see this weird apparition come out and, like, bolt down the hallway. Oh, it was, like, creepy yeah. as fuck. No, thank you. Fun. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I'm going to have to find it. Just no, so you I don't. Can... Why not? So I can share it with you. I don't want to watch it. Post it on our Phantom Facts Facebook page. I will shut Ooh, this website down. Sure. <laughs> Put that shit under construction. Just give yourself like five Hail Marys before you go to bed. You'll be fine. Anyway, that is the uh, story of Elisa Lamb in the Cecil Hotel. According to this, I can still book a room. Yeah, you, it does that until the very end when you go to check out and then it mm. cancels. Do you try out. to do that there, Jamal? No, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos where people, guy was like, the guy that lived right across from it, he's like, I'm tired of people telling me they can do it. He's like, you, and he, so he showed the whole process. He was like, see, when you go to Krakow, <laughs> he says, so you can't do it. I know, because I live right next to the Seas Hotel. That's funny. <laughs> God, these rooms look so, ugh. No one's creeped out by the, uh, by the Aleister Crowley thing, huh? That's, that's, I think that's probably the that's weirdest weird. weird. This is definitely a weird tie-in. I'm trying to make that uh, location of the domain registrar like not weird, but it's super weird too. Devin, you don't seem sold like, by it. Yeah. What the Aleister Crowley thing? It's because he's sitting there probably selling fucking racehorses. <laughs> Dude, I, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I did get an offer for 125. <laughs> yeah, god damn it. 125 thousand dollars for a digital horse for Is one it horse. For a billionaire. Yes. I would have sold that shit in two seconds. Stay on focus. Here. Well, I have him up to like 100 thousand. Fucking make me edit what? all this shit out. That's not actual currency. That's Ethereum, right? No, it's 100 thousand in Ethereum that what? you could sell. For real currency. Yeah. 
It is currency. What are you waiting for? That's my wife's decision because she's part of the reason why I was able to buy it. Like that horse, I had to talk her into it, kind of. Back to the show? Back to the fucking show? Can you make more what money racing that horse or selling No, it? don't ask <laughs> any more questions. Like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing a Zed talk at the very end of the thing. Just just cut all that out. I don't Jamal, want to fucking do all this know, extra work. I got to fucking do. Go oh, listen yeah, to it. Figure where it ends. The first digital horse was sold by Aleister Crowley. Full circle. You're welcome, Kevin. Full circle. <laughs> anyway, that's the show video. for that's yeah. the show for tonight. That was a good show. It was a good show. I like it's, that. I, I like how you started with like, oh, this is going to be a very boring topic. <laughs> to holy shit, yeah, it's it's creepy. No one. Uh, I thought. Uh, it's how it's all linked. That's what really bothers me. Well, it's not just one thing that you're just focusing on. It's the uh, the zip code and the that is the creepiest part. The whole zip code deal and all that that threw me like that literally brain farted me, which isn't hard to do to start with. But that <laughs> what the I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand the. Well, the link between her name and the testing for tuberculosis. Because uh, I look, I googled that too, and I was like, "There's no way," and it comes right up. Comes right up. That's what I said. I saw that, and I was like, "You know, before I say this, I'm going to do it myself," because mm. that could be just totally. No, every time goes straight to the, and it could be center. Maybe it's just the center of British Columbia, but no, it's not. I. I've I've been trying to find a way to make that not a fun fact, <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> well, and then I mean, what are the odds, though? You know, like because I, I understand it's a middle person, you know, a middleman system set up, but I mean, the odds that it goes straight to there. Anyway, right? Well, I still am Devin. Yeah, where where does the army general keep his armies? I have no idea. Up his sleeveys. Hmm. Mm. No, I don't get that at all. Nope. No, no it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> his <laughs> armies up his sleeves. I get. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting all day to share that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it written down on his arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta make sure to tell Devin this. I got this. Still better delivery than Devin. Man, yeah. that was really bad. I, I lumped the priest and Michael Jackson it was, together. It was awful. It was awful. <laughs> well, they might as well be the same. It was but. slaughtered. All right, guys. Have a good night, Phantoms. Good, good day. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good, good afternoon. day. That's for, for sure. Bye. If you do fucking release some sort of fucking evil spirit into that hotel, you're not going to recapture it. Yeah. So, like, you believe, like, there could be hot spots for paranormal activity or you know satanist occultist i believe in that Bad i believe that there's spots. hot spots yeah yeah well and the fact that like the jep the daughter thing which i know you guys aren't like huge into the, like the stories but you have to establish the story of jephtha be- to understand the significance you know she was probably around the same age as eliza lamb you know the the name all that shit and then yeah. uh 
significance of, you know, if you look at it from Crowley, right? He, he believes do as thou wilt. So it's, it's mm. right. So it's, uh, he, uh, Jephthah's daughter is actually something considered, um, almost because she was a willing participant in, in the sacrifice of herself. So she's on the same level as all the patriarchs because oh, she was willing to. Yeah. And so like, it's like almost a praise poem towards her. And according to the, to the, there's a whole ritual that you do, which I didn't get into, but that, uh, releases this, uh, this God named, uh, lamb that Alistair supposedly talked with. Hmm. So I have a hard time when we start talking about like that kind of stuff because I don't believe it at all. Right. That's but, part of the reason why I fade out because I'm just like, me. there's like, I, um, I just think it's drugs. I, you know, it's hallucinogenics. Well, the whole bipolar thing really, I don't agree with because during that time, what? in that like, it could just be bad publicity too. Like someone just trying to say, uh, you know, little fucking mockingbird action. What was I don't so know. You dismiss it. You yes, know it's it's used as a dismissive argument, like to dismiss right. the whole hand gestures and the popping in. Oh, she was having a psychotic breakdown, which it, it's possible she was having a psychotic breakdown. I'm not saying that, but just because you're, you know, she doesn't strike you as the person that has psychotic breakdown. I missed what part. What um, I don't know if I missed it or something, but what medication was she on? She was on just like the normal cocktail of yeah, I don't think we actually mood balancers we didn't talk about it but there's a list there okay. and I know all, yeah <laughs> but there's like one to help you sleep and then there's one to stabilize your mood and then there's so she was all tuned up basically no she was she didn't have stuff in her that's the thing no she did well she, she did yeah. a little bit but she didn't have she had a touch of alcohol in her, not enough to induce any type of poor d- judgment. But what was her like? Wh- what medication was she prescribed? All the medications she was prescribed were found in her system, but they were small amounts. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, that, but that's the argument that she didn't have enough of what she was supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if she right. was just so mentally unstable. But that's not how that's not how bipolar works, though, because you don't yeah, you don't it's true. It, it, it that type of medication works through the bloodstream. And so it takes a long time for it to filter out. So you can't just stop your medication and expect a person to go crazy within a week. It usually yeah, takes right. a month or two. Yeah, because that medication takes a while to even take effect. Right. Like so if you're taking something to help with anxiety. You can take a pill at, say, 8 o'clock at night, but it's not going to kick in for a week, you know? Well, like lithium, which they used to prescribe to certain, like, really bad bipolar people, um, it takes, like, 14 days to actually fully Mm -hmm. be implemented into your system. When was she – I'd be curious to know how – I'd be curious to know – how far along she was on a cycle of that medication. That's what I would be, whatever she was prescribed. I'd be curious to see like how long she was taking it or was it something she was recently prescribed at least for a year because she talked, she was very open about it in her blog as, Mm -hmm. as far as like um, dealing with it. Mm -hmm. But I think it was, there was a lot of malpractice back then too, as far as prescribing that or diagnosing someone with bipolar 
because there was a lot of new medicine coming out at that time that was True. specifically for that. And so, you know, the stress of failing college, you know, probably would lead to a depressive state. But you go to a doctor and they're like, oh, let me just throw you these meds because you're this in this category. Mm-hmm. You know, she was living on her own. She was running a side hustle on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem like um, she was just completely would had mental breakdowns to that extent. It, it could be that she was running from someone too. I don't know. What throws me for loop too is that whole elevator scene. Yeah, it's really weird, right? That's that's really where it's like, what are you doing? What are you seeing? I wish a part of me wishes she was still alive to explain what she was seeing, who she or who she thought she was seeing, you know, what was she waving her hands at? Who was she looking at or looking for? You can feel the panic. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's what makes that, 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 that recording so creepy. Cause you can feel it on a human level is you can see the panic. She is spooked by something. Uh huh. Correct. Hmm. Eliza lamb. <laughs> Hmm. All right, gentlemen. That's a good show. Oh. All righty. We're doing Roswell. Hmm. So I didn't get beat to the alien story after all. Oh, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw something about Roswell on TikTok, too. Was no, there a Dr. Davis? Yes, that there was. Oh, oh bring him back. Okay. All right. All right. Back. Is Monty gone? Yeah, I'm here. No, I'm still here. All right. Dr. Ready. Dave, get your Google image search out. I didn't even look at this one, so I'm doing you know, it with I you. I thought about it too mid podcast. I was like, nope, I'm not going to bring it up. Obviously, there isn't a Dr. Dave, but well, no. we've brought up Dr. Dave at least three or four times I, in the last two hours. <laughs> we have. We have. Right. I didn't think we were doing one because I said it and nothing happened. So I was like, oh, all no. right. So, so give, make it easy for Corey. Give him five seconds of silence starting <laughs> now. What, what, no, no, you don't have to. I've been but recording. You can just add it in. Um, I bet you can't find it. So you go <laughs> Google image search, gentlemen. And the word is everyone there? No, no. Yep. I'm here. Yep, yep. yep. Monty? Okay. Yep, I'm here. I'm here. Can you guys hear me? I'm still here. Yeah. It- Dr. Dave, Dr. Dave, image search of the week. Dr. Dave. I'm not a doctor. Arterial ulcer. A-R-T-E-R-I-A-L-U-L-C-E-R. Arterial ulcer. Dr. Dave, Dr. Dave's image search of the week. Dr. Dave. I'm not a doctor. A-R-T-E-R-I-A-L. Ulcer. Oh. How do you spell ul- Oh, there it is. You oh, you this is like that oh, last. Sh- sh- I haven't seen it yet. I haven't. Hold on. Oh. Damn it! What the fuck is this? I just I don't want to play this game happen? anymore. No, why do we want to play this game? He said. Where's that guy's nails? <laughs> They're gone. Wait, he has a nail at the tip, and then oh, uh, you know what? They probably used black salva. Oh no! Oh no! I just saw the big toe. No, how many times you say that wrong? <sighs> say what? 
Black Sab. Shut the fuck up. No. Look at these people's toenails. There's nothing. They're yellow. They look. It's like- all on their feet, though. Like, I wonder what what's it up with it being on. He's oh, doing a dude. Look at this one. They have necrosis. Oh, you can see bone. <gasps> Here's one that says day zero, day one, day two. Oh my god. Oh, I see a week. Oh. oh. Yeah. Weekend. Oh. An, How do you get this? An arterial ulcer is an ulcer due to an inadequate blood supply to the affected areas. They tend <gasps> to occur, they tend to occur on the lower is. legs and feet, maybe acute, recurrent, or chronic. Ulcers may have multiple contributing factors. It looks like he got bit by a blo- uh, green mamba. <laughs> Just from I guess lack of blood flow. Oh my god. Mm. Huge varicose veins. Mm. Oh, what? Thank you, Doctor Dave. That's a good one. Yeah. Well right as I'm about to you go. Know, this happens to a lot of people, especially as you get older. So, are Doctor Dave real, real. That he finds like actually like comes across? You know, I it's it got to be. It's got to be right. What do we got to do to get him on the show? I, well, you know, uh, he's actually going to make an appearance here on uh, our Patreon channel. Uh, mm-hmm. To answer questions, so God, you can see this dude's bones in his feet. Yeah, I know that's. Oh. The human body is fucked up. <laughs> Doctor Dave, everyone say thank you, Doctor Dave. Uh, tell Dave how much you love him. Gosh. Oh, I have to let him know next time. I'm just <laughs> I feel like I need to forward him one of these pictures just so he knows we've looked at oh, it. Oh, he's all seen it. He's all, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. <gasps> what if what he doesn't look person? at the stuff? Heavy drainage versus hemiosidering staining? Oh, what? Make him stop. Irregular margins? Lipodermast. I can't even pronounce that. Dr. Dave, everybody. All right. Well, Dr. Dave. Dr. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There we go. Let me say it right now. Yeah, give me. Yeah, give me a try. Let's figure it out. If you like this podcast, give us a subscribe. Wow! Like and subscribe. Come on, Devin. What? <laughs> he said like and subscribe. You didn't even listen. What about our Twitter and our Instagram yeah. and we most importantly our Patreon? Did you just ask? You, if we have all that. You're adding a bunch of shit in here. I'm just saying subscribe.